Hello everyone and welcome to the Clockwork Cantina, episode 164. I am one of your hosts, Josh Dino2, and this is the other host of the show. What's up? I'm DT3. Hello everyone. How's it going? What up? What up? What up? What's up guys? How are you all doing today? 164 episodes of DT. We are moving right along. Won't be very long till we're at 200. You know? Like it's going to be really, really soon. Getting closer. Uh, yeah. Um... So yeah, today's uh, show will be the usual news and stuff, what we've been up to and all that. And then in the second half of the show, we'll be talking about the second part of The Authority. Uh, uh, I don't remember how long ago it was we read the first part, but we read the first part of The Authority, I guess a few couple months ago, something like that. And uh, we talked about it on the show and we split it in half because it was so long. Um and we've read the second part over the past uh, week, and we will be talking about that in the second half of the show. So stick around for that. That's going to be awesome. Um, yeah, DT, what do you say we just hop into it? Well, what have you been up to this past week, my friend? Anything at all that you would like to talk about? Uh, I've been watching some... Well, I've, let's talk about the games I've been playing, first of all. Uh, obviously Fortnite. Uh, then I have been playing some Rogue Company as well. Uh, on stream, I finally beat Final Fantasy VII Remake completely. Beat the game, and then I did the intermission DLC. So we're done with that. Great fucking game. Highly recommend everybody plays it. That was my first full Final Fantasy game, and it was fantastic. I loved it. Uh, next up, um, I played The Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog, which was something. <laughs> uh, it sounds like it. it yeah, <laughs> it, it's like a, a visual novel kind of thing, but they also incorporate some of the Sonic stuff, like... Uh, you know, like running around and collecting rings and stuff, little mini games. So, so that was interesting as somebody who's not really like super into the Sonic games, but yeah. And then I've been playing more. Re I've been playing Remnant, like the first Remnant. Uh, played some with Majin and 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 you know Lucy joined us last night as well, and it's been uh, it's been cool, man. Just just playing through that game, getting ready for the second one when that when that's supposed to come out. So yeah, it's been it's been good. Uh, and then, oh, and then the other thing I forgot was this past, uh, was it Friday? I played a bunch of, uh, Summer Game Fest demos, and those were pretty fun. I tried out, uh, Liza P, On Guard. Well, On Guard was the very first one. Then Liza P. Then I tried, um, what was it? The Invincible. And then after that, I played I Am Future. And then, uh, the Station to Station game that, that you were playing. Um, yeah, that's right. I enjoyed, I, all, I enjoyed all those for a little bit. They were uh, they were all fun in their own way. Like they're all different games, so it's, it was cool just trying out like a bunch of different games in one go, kind of, you know. Um, and I and I feel like I honestly might have enjoyed more of the uh, the ch the chiller, calmer games like uh, you know, I Am Future and and uh, and the station to station because those are more like I don't know I don't really play those types of games too much so whenever you do get like a more chill game like that it's like oh man I don't have to yeah. worry about like anything I could just 
chill and take my time with whatever I want to do, right? It's at your own pace. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, TV so- show wise, I uh, watched um, Star Trek Strange New Worlds season two, episode one. Finally got to get on that. Great first episode, great first start of the season. Uh, and then I watched the, the first two episodes of the newest season of Black Mirror as well. Also nuts, but not as like uh, bleak or, or uh, crazy as previous seasons, but still enjoyable. And then uh, movie-wise, of course, I've been watching movies. You guys know I watch a movie a day. I Oh, I also forgot to include Diablo 4 in the games I've been playing. I did play a little bit of that. Uh, so movie wise, I finished the rest of the Rambo watch. I watched oh, yeah. First Blood Part Two, Rambo Three, Rambo Two Thousand Eight, and then Last Blood. And then moving on Wait, from I'll, that, I watched. Can I put you on the spot for the, one second uh, about the Rambos, DT? Sure. Out of all the Rambos you watched, which one did you like the most? I kind of, I feel like I kind of like Rambo Eight the most overall. Gotcha. Yeah. Like I just, I don't know, I, like. I kind of enjoyed more the more like modern, like Rambo movie. Even though he was like, when he's like shooting motherfuckers and they just start like getting sh- literally shredded into pieces and <laughs> yeah. you know like all all that <laughs> stuff is 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 great. I love that. Okay. And then like in the and then in the newest movie, that third act when he goes ham is, yeah that 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 was fun too. But I was just curious. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, and then apart from the Rambo watch, I watched the new Flamin' Hot movie, you know, the Hot Cheetos movie. So I watched that. It was all right. And then I was like, I want to watch some DC stuff. So there's a DC animated universe for movies that starts with uh, Flashpoint. And then I believe it was like Justice League War and then some other stuff. But I've been kind of making my way through that. Um, I was started a long time ago, so I wasn't. I I didn't rewatch the ones in the beginning, but recently, as a couple of days ago, I watched Son of Batman and then Justice League: Throne of Atlantis, and those are pretty cool. I really like the the Justice League: Throne of Atlantis uh, voice cast. There was a lot of recognizable voices in that for me. Like, for example, Josh fucking Sam Witwer plays Orn in that. And Matt Lanter plays fucking Aquaman, which I was like, oh damn. So I've actually seen both crazy. of these movies. Ah, well, you know, okay. And then son- in the past. Yeah, awesome. Uh, cool, cool. And then and then Son of Batman just seeing how much of a little shit Damien is. You know? Right. But uh, you know, makes sense. He was trained by Rajal Ghoul and all that. But yeah, finally finally getting to watching these, man. I got a long way to go to catch up with the other ones, but you know, slowly but surely making my way through them and you know, that's pretty much uh, pretty much what I've been up to. Um, yeah. All right. Okay, for me, games-wise, I played the Final Fantasy 16 demo, uh, which is actually like just the first part of the prologue of the game, and that shit is wild. Not to spoil it, but it was pretty cool. Uh, that's up if anybody ever wants to go see that on my YouTube. Um, I completed Horizon Zero Dawn, the base game. I didn't do the DLC or any of that yet. I'm not going to have time to stream that stuff. I may just do it on my own time. 
Or I may just, you know, get a wild hair and, and fucking do it one day on stream. Who knows? Just keep an eye out if that's interests you. But I completed the story. Um, it's good to kind of get the main part of the game off the backlog and pretty happy with that. I've said for years I was going to play it uh, and get it done. And we did it, DT. We knocked one off the list. Can Hell you yeah, believe dude, it? Finally. Thank Legal, Christ. Um... After that, I did I did a couple demos. I did I did the station to station demo because I was like that looks neat, a voxel little train puzzly game, and I like it a lot. It's kind of fun to kind of chill, hang out and chat, and look at all these cool trains and stuff. So that was fun. I didn't stream that. I just played it offline. And then DT played demos, and he was like, "That on guard demo is pretty good." And I was like, "You know what? Let me try that. I want to see how it is." Because like for me, it's like one of those things that's like you know that looked kind of neat, but I don't know if I'll try it. And then DT tried it and he said demo's good. So I was like, you know what? I will try it too. And I actually like that demo a lot. It makes me a lot interested, more interested in that game. Um, and it's pretty cool. So if you yeah, haven't really, tried any I demos, really you should one. try them. For sure, for sure. And the Steam Next Fest is going on right now. So there's a lot more demos out there to try too today. I was just, I just looked at Steam earlier and uh, it was like, yeah, Steam Next Fest is now. So that's pretty dope. Um, Played a bit of Diablo 4, um, but I've been really laggy when I've logged into Diablo 4 lately. Like, not my internet laggy, like the game servers are laggy. And it makes it really hard to play the game. Like, where you're just sliding around like an, you know, ice rink skater. Like, it's not... You can't get anything done. Like, you'll lag out and then just, when you unlag, you're dead, too. So it kind of, kind of blows. Um... And then we played Blasters and Bandits on Saturday again. We had the yeah. full crew there this time. Uh, we got to play some tabletop RPG stuff, which is good over on the Heroes and Fables channel. Make sure to go follow that channel if you don't already, if you want to watch us do tabletop stuff. Um, and it's good that you guys... Uh, the crew completely surprised me with how they handled a what well, was supposed to be a combat encounter, and I'm not going to spoil it any more than that. Go go check those VODs out if you want to, if you're interested in to see how they turn the table, so to speak, on would-be ambushers. It's pretty cool. Um, and then uh, Strange New World, Season 2, Episode 1. Uh, I... I really enjoy Strange New Worlds. Like, a lot and i really like that first episode a lot and i'm really excited for the rest of the season a lot so um yeah that's kind of all i've been up to uh this week besides you know reading the comics and uh, i'm trying to think i don't think there's really anything else like most of my days were playing horizon to finish it up uh stream wise so i i feel like last week was fucking busy feels so busy to me um, but yeah, DT, are we ready to move on to our main topics of the week, or not our main topics of the week, the usual topics of the week, which is our news, our news sections? Yeah, I'm ready to do the news. Main topic is still a bit away, man. <laughs> well, the main topic of the news, but uh, but yeah, let's hit it. I'm on the gaming news. First thing we got here is that. Gaming mega publisher Embracer is going to be closing some studios and cancel some games after a $2 billion deal crumbles. Uh, the Embracer group has close to 17,000 employees over more than 100 studios. 
many of which were acquired over the past few years. Uh, Swedish gaming conglomerate Embracer Group, which has been rapidly gobbling up game studios and popular IP over the past few years, will undergo major restructuring that will require the publisher to close multiple studios and cancel several games. The news comes uh, weeks after it was reported that a deal worth $2 billion in income to the company had unexpectedly fallen through. CEO Lars Wingfors announced the restructure in an open letter alongside an investor webcast and news release on Tuesday morning. He said the restructure is split into three phases and is expected to continue until March 2024. The nature of these phases is unclear, and under the general guise of cost savings and consolidation to reduce debt below 10 billion Swedish krona, which equals roughly $930 million. Matthew Karch, the now former Sabre Interactive CEO and current interim chief operating officer, said, however, that the first phase of cost saving will be immediate and noticeable. This means that an unknown number of Embracer Group's 17,000 staff will be laid off as a part of the process. Neither Wingfers nor Embracer Group have detailed when specific closures or layoffs will happen. Uh, it's too early to give an exact forecast on this, but it'll be lower by the end of the year. Uh, Wingfers said in the letter, Karch said studios will be closed on studios that will be closed are underperforming or not creating games up to our standard. Embracer Group said that the impacted projects have not yet been announced and have low projected returns on investment. Uh, they currently own the rights to both Tomb Raider and Lord of the Rings. Uh, earlier this year, they announced that. There's five Mystery Lord of the Rings games in development by external partners. Uh, the implication of the news release is that announced is that any announced game is safe from the re restructuring plan, or at least will not be canceled. Karch also said in, a, in the webcast that uh, the games canceled have, for the most part, not been announced. Uh... Crystal Dynamics also put out a statement on Twitter to confirm that neither its upcoming Tomb Raider game nor Perfect Dark will be impacted by the restructuring. Uh, we, we know we need to be exploiting Lord of the Rings in a very significant fashion and turn that into one of the biggest gaming franchises in the world. And that's obviously something that we're going to do, that we're going to be doing. There's a, that's a much better use of our resources than some of the other projects that some of our teams have been working on. Uh, Embracer Group's big two big acquisitions are not alone. The publisher also owns Saints Row publisher Deep Silver, uh, which has spent the last years consolidating the video game industry by buying up studios. Since 2020, Embracer Group has acquired or founded well over 50 game studios and offices. It's part of the larger trend of seismic acquisitions and consolidation in a span of a few years that saw... GTA publisher Take-Two Interactive buying mobile giant Zynga, Microsoft's planned uh, acquisition of Activision Blizzard, and Sony's buyout of uh, Bungie. Bracer Group also expanded into comics and tabletop games, buying Dark Horse Comics and Asmodee, respectively. It appears, however, that Embracer Group's rampant buying spree may have happened too fast. 
and now is struggling to keep up with the responsibility and cost of its purchases. Uh, they had a $2 billion mystery partnership plan to help bail it, it out on top of its $1 billion investment from Saudi Arabia's investment fund that fell through at the last minute. That news forced the basic group to lower its earnings projection down to a range of $655 million to $850. So a lot could be happening here. Uh, they did say that a lot of the games that are going to be canceled, though, are stuff that we don't know about. But also... I imagine that at some point in the near future or, you know, in the future in general, we'll probably hear about some cool ass game people were working on that we're going to be bummed about that we didn't get. Mm -hmm. But kids, this is why monopolies suck because you buy up, they buy up all this shit. And then when they can't afford it, they're like, Oh, we're going to, we're just going to close them down because they're you know not doing well or and then they'll fire a bunch of people, which which sucks. Yeah. Sucks for those people. Which I hope anybody that does get laid off, you know, goes on to form their own studios and finds work in other other studios in the industry and puts out great amazing work. It's always a a bummer when that happens. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be alright though. Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy, man. I was wondering too, like, I mean, they they had just been like buying up all kinds of stuff, and it seems like it finally, uh, you know, affected them. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, anything else to add to that before we move on? Nah, I just said it sucks, <laughs> but I think they already established that. Uh. All right, moving on to Starfield. According to Bethesda, uh, according to an Xbox executive, the Bethesda game Starfield will have the fewest bugs of any Bethesda game. Uh, Xbox apparently gave Bethesda plenty of room for a long QA check. So according to Matt Booty, head of Xbox Game Studios, Starfield will have the fewest bugs of any game from Bethesda or, or from uh, bugs of any game that Bethesda has ever shipped with. Uh, so here's Booty's full quote. Working with Todd Howard, Bethesda Game Studios creative director and the team, I see bug counts and I'll just say that by the numbers, if it's shipped today, this would be the... Uh, the, you know, have the fewest bugs of any game from Bethesda has ever shipped with. So that's uh, kind of an interesting statement there. That's a bold I'm not statement. Sure how many, I'm not sure how many <laughs> bugs previous Bethesda games have launched with, but if he says this, is, this one's going to have the fewest, I hope he's right. And... I would kind of see it making sense the way that they've fucking delayed this game for so long. Yeah. You would hope that something like this would be the case, right? Um, well, well, what's funny is like previous Bethesda games are always a little, uh, always a little buggy when they launch and it makes for some quite funny things to happen. You know, like 
you know, you're on the car in Skyrim and then suddenly it starts flying away while you're on it, you know, like just some funny bugs. It almost feels like it's not a Bethesda game if you don't get a few bugs in there. Um, but the way. The way like uh, one, the way they've delayed it, like you said, to to work on it so much and two. I'm sure Xbox has given them all the support that they want because or, and need yeah. because they want this to be a we massive success. One, yeah. They need a win, right? So yeah. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that is the truth. Like they, they really are uh, uh, working. They probably will have the least amount of bugs of a Bethesda product, mostly because they're getting like, I'm sure cash, uh, cash infusions from Xbox to, to, pay and hire more people to squash bugs so uh yeah um yeah and and bethesda is kind of notorious for having a lot of bugs in their games at release just because of like the sheer size of the games they do right like even the fallouts the uh, uh, elder scrolls not the bethesda's god the elder scrolls games like those games are so big it's just really hard to kind of capture every single bug uh in previous things uh, uh previous releases so um yeah it's, it's it's gonna be interesting to see if it's true i think it could very well be true though um uh with the way they've they've been working on this thing yeah um also before he said that phil spencer said uh the team has definitely matured they've got fallouts and skyrims and elder scrolls under their belt Truth True. be told, when the acquisition closed, this game has significantly earlier ship date than we were actually launching it. Uh, and he said, or they said, uh, sitting down with Todd and the team and explaining that we want to give this team the time, I think Matt says that we have every QA person in our entire company playing Starfield right now, looking at bug counts, looking at quality of where we have, or where we are, uh, is what Phil Spencer said. So, yeah, that, that seems to be why they've uh, delayed the game twice. They they really you know, they re- they really need this win right here, man. Mm-hmm. Which honestly, I hope I hope it is, dude. I re- I really want this game to do well and and, and be good and yeah, you know, it it looks very promising. And I we're, and I we're the same well. DT. Like we we don't want to waste our time on garbage, right? We want to waste our time on not waste our time, but enjoy our time on fucking fantastic shit. Uh, so that's that for sure. I agree completely with you. Uh, sure. <clears throat> all right. Uh, if that's all on Starfield DT, what do we have next? Next up, we have Overwatch season or Overwatch Two season five launching with the D and D inspired fantasy theme uh there's a little trailer for it right here and then there is a little uh no graphic so let's check this out in three two one go everyone excited to play role heroes emily's been working on this campaign for ages so this season has already started, by the way, for those wondering. It started on the 13th, so about a week ago. 
I haven't been playing as much of this game anymore. But uh I might I might give this season a go just to see how uh the new skins and stuff look. My arm is in rough shape after that last fight. Fucking Reinhardt looking like something out of Diablo. Right? Game mode, mischief and magic. Experience always wins in the end. Oh man. Okay, I do like Lucio Ball. I'm not gonna lie. Mhm. Mm Might hop on for some of that. Some of that looks some of that stuff looks cool and the yeah. skins look pretty neat but i have to look at them in game but at the same time it's like it's another battle pass that i won't be getting you know <laughs> yeah uh because every game now especially blizzard i feel like they're just charging you for every fucking thing but sure. that being said some of that stuff does look cool uh let me see there's a little there's a little graphic image here oh yeah see what that holds uh let's see so season five obviously began a week ago uh you can get mythic adventure tracer it's battle pass stuff quest watch journey through a battle pass story so apparently the battle pass has a story stuff now all right uh animated short in-game premiere on august 4th winston's beach volleyball and lucio ball return on july 11th so that's still about a month away Prop Hunt begins on July 25th. And then the Demon Lord stuff started already as well. So some interesting limited time events and things. So yeah, I, I, I guess that is kind of what they meant by adding some PVE stuff that you have to pay for. But also there's going to be more than just that, I believe. Anyway, I mean it's 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 cool, but it's just a shame that like you have to pay for everything now. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I, I used to I used to play the shit out of Overwatch One, but with with the second one coming out and them just doing it the way that they have, it's like I really haven't put in as nowhere near as much as much time, which is a shame. But well, yeah. I don't really have a lot to say on it because I never even really played a lot of the first Overwatch and the second Overwatch seems to be like a, a lot of folks don't seem to be very happy with it. I haven't tried it, so I can't really say a whole lot on it. 
that's fine we can move on to the next thing um which is an atlas fallen gameplay overview trailer yeah i thought this would be cool to check out i threw it in here i've already seen it i watched it the other night but i thought it'd be cool because we we kind of i'm kind of interested in this game and it's kind of neat so let's check it out dt yeah, it's, uh, it's been kind of on my radar i haven't seen it so it'll be my first time watching it so let's check it out yeah okay I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one. Go. Take up the gauntlet. Liberate mankind. Destroy the sun god. This is Atlas Fallen. With rediscovered power comes hope for humanity. Enslaved for centuries and worshipped to Thelos, you finally have a way to fight back and grow from one of the unnamed to champion of the people on Atlas. Come, Gauntlet Bearer. Meet your gargantuan foes with an arsenal of powerful, magical weaponry and skills that turn enemies to dust again. Don't want to cross the deserts alone? Bring a friend to experience this oh man, co-op. Hell yeah. In, drop out co I like that too. Drop in, drop out co-op. That's that's nice. Mm -hmm. Atlas was not always the home of wraiths and buried ruins. Come up with you. We have to move. Up with you. Thelos, the sun god, stripped its people of everything: homes, lives, even their names. They are forced to dig and mine and sift through the wreckage of our world for essence, a magical substance that is raised to his glory. It is mine. Thelos demands it. You are but one among these millions, venturing across the Oh damn, character customization? The capital. Yeah, we get to make our dude related. Uh, I don't know about that. For you and humanity, the ability to explore the realm brimming with things to discover for the eager adventurer and people who need your help we've been walking for hours i wouldn't complain we're lucky enough the passage didn't collapse on us crossing the land with your newfound powers is a much easier task than before your discovery as you explore and empower the gauntlet your abilities will evolve letting you fly through the air or glide across the dunes as you see fit Along the way, submerged structures, chests, and secrets will beckon you to discover them and restore more of the world. Much has been lost, but maybe not forever. When will you learn? You are unnamed for a reason, and no one will ever notice. One more dead unnamed. Atlas is a dangerous world, and for the rebellious, even more so. Wraiths stalk the mm. land, eager to shape your grave from the endless dunes. Smaller enemies are quickly dispatched with your ever-evolving weaponry, but stay on your toes for the legendary creatures that will bar your way. Each is a massive and terrifying beast that will take all your skill, guile, and unique strategies to defeat. Every enemy has weak points, joints, limbs or other places where the liberal application of force 
can yield great results. Targeting these and choosing the right ones at the right moments is key to success on Atlas against its many foes. That's a big fucking hammer. When I heard the stories about this gauntlet bearer, I knew we would cross paths again. Well, a lot has happened, but let's get to someplace safe. The gauntlet means the sands themselves become your weapon. Each strike creates momentum, building to a mighty shatter attack that crushes your foes. This gets more and more powerful as you fight, leading to a titanic finale of destructive power. Mix and match the Dune Cleaver, Sand Whip, and Knuckle Dust with more than 100 essence stones to build a playstyle that is truly your own. This provides a myriad of combinations of active and passive skills to experiment with and find the best way to bring down each monster you face. Whether you intend to impale your enemies, live through the most devastating attacks, or unleash aerial combos, there's a style for you. Essence stones are found all over the world. That armor looks cool. From smashing parts off your enemies, as well as being specifically crafted by you to get the effects you want. From fluid playstyles to big hits, perfect blocks to dodges and rolls, you determine every part of your build. Exploring and experimenting is half the fun. If that all sounds overwhelming alone, you're in luck. Atlas Fallen supports co-op play with a friend for its entire campaign. Cool. A satisfying challenge on its own, in co-op, the possibilities for character builds and team-up attacks are limitless. Execute unique combos and build synergies to even the odds and take the fight to Thebes. That's a big-ass hammer, man. Yeah, it's, it's huge. And conquer the gods in Atlas Fallen. Coming soon on PS5, Xbox Series, and PC. Alright, DT. What do you think? Curious to your thoughts on that. It's interesting. Um, I like the, the co-op. Um, jump in, jump out. You can play the whole story in co-op. I did not realize that this game would have uh, customization like that, so that's cool. Yeah. I like that. Um, that's pretty neat. Um, yeah. Cool. Definitely um, something that I had kind of like my eye on. Um, yeah. So I definitely seeing this, I'm like, okay, I, I definitely would um, give it a give it a try at some point. Like I feel like it's something that that would be kind of fun to play around with and mess around with for a little bit. Yeah. So I thought it while watching it, but I, as I look at some of the comments in the YouTube video, they all say it, which is like this game reminds them a lot of Kingdoms of Amalur. And it does me too when I when I watch the uh, gameplay overview, like the uh, the uh, something about the kind of the style of it makes me think of it. Um, which I like. I like Kingdom of Amalur. What little bit of it I've played. So, uh, and I am interested in this game. Um, the the issue is like uh, there's a lot coming out this year, and it's all coming out. In that time period, <laughs> so, it's like I may not play it on release, but I'm sure I'll get to it eventually one day because it does look kind of cool. Yeah. 
definitely on my radar. Yeah, I haven't played a Kingdoms of Amalur, so I gotta. Uh, it's another. It's another one I need to try out at some point. I think I have it. I just gotta. I think you like it. Yeah. Wait, do I have it? I don't know. I don't know if I have it or not. I gotta check. Kingdoms of Amalur. Okay, I I I need to get the the re reckoning because I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Anyway. All right, we got another trailer here to watch, right? We, got we do. The, uh, Aliens Dark Descent story trailer. We sure do. Let's check it out, DT. I'm ready when you're ready. This one's two minutes long. Three, two, one, go. From Lisa Hayes. Sorry, sir. We're having a hard time reaching anyone. What the hell was aboard the Bensonville? What are you talking about? Something got me and killed. It appears that these creatures have restored our communication system. Why would they do that? Oh man, they're coming. Mm-hmm. Oh Lord, they coming. Everyone's dying in there. Coming. We'll cover you. Shut that door! Shut that door! The things he found in that mine. What they could mean for pharmaceutics. I wouldn't want any of that. Then think about the revenues these creatures represent. I could stop them. I am so sorry. I'm afraid I can't permit that. Nothing in. Nothing out. Where's my daughter? I can't tell you. Where is she? Someone's screwing with me. This whole planet's a freak show. Time to shine, Corporal. Get us out of here. She is our bridge to a better humanity. Them Xenos just walked past that dude. What the hell? Yeah. Crazy. Um, Paul, oh, sorry. Majin, I'm not sure um, if it's like Helldivers, because it's been a hot minute since I played Helldivers, and I kind of forget how it looks. This honest. is more like XCOM, isn't it? It's, it is and it isn't, because XCOM is, like, turn-based, and this is, I think, real-time. Um... So, like, there is no I take a turn and then the aliens take a turn. This is, like, everything's kind of happening at once. And you're controlling, like, a squad instead of one soldier. You're controlling, like, a squad of soldiers. So, similar, like, you get to make your soldiers and stuff, but it's also a little different. Reviews for it are coming out now, by the way. And uh, because it... it uh, uh, 
it literally unlocks in an hour. Like it literally releases in an hour. And um uh apparently the story is good and interesting. However, there are some tech issues with the game. So it's kind of getting seven out of tens and eight out of tens. Um in terms of like scores. So while I was excited for the game and I still am very interested in it, I'm gonna wait for those issues to get fixed up before I uh make it like a priority. Um but uh it looks super interesting to me uh and uh, i do want to try it out at some point but yeah uh, it has it's probably like a, a lot of similarities set to xcom and, and possibly hell drivers as well uh, i can't wait to hop in there we'll make dt we'll make majin we'll make yorko we'll make the whole crew and then they'll get all get abducted by aliens and then we gotta go save them i'm sure oh yeah happen uh a but, lot but no but nobody will do worse than fives because uh yeah uh, that's how it always well, goes down we'll never we won't make it yeah he'll never make it no matter how hard i try to keep him alive <laughs> he never makes it uh it always it, it always has to be him it always ends badly anyway dt what, what we got next last piece of news here for today for the gaming news, gaming section. And that is that Rockstar Games co-founder Dan Hauser reveals new studio called Absurd Ventures. Uh, so Rockstar's vice, he was Rockstar's vice president when he announced in 2020 that he was leaving the company behind and was, uh, he had been taking an extended break Starting in the spring of 2019, uh, his last day at Rockstar, which he co-founded with his brother Sam Hauser in 1998, was March 11th. Now, three years later, Hauser has revealed Absurd Ventures. The studio is focused on burying, building narrative worlds, creating characters, and writing stories for a diverse uh, variety of genres without regard to medium. To be produced for live action and animation, video games, and other interactive content, books, graphic novels, and scripted podcasts. Uh, they have a little trailer here. I'm not sure what it is, but I guess it's just uh, like, you know, saying what they're about. If you want to check that out real quick. Yeah, sure, we can. Um, yeah, let's, let's, let's see what this is here really, really quickly. Three, two, one, go. Lots of interesting imagery here. Right?
trash test dummies and whatnot. Oh man, grilling food. I like how on the bottom right they're like actors, not actual employees. Right. Even with the pigs, bro, come on. DT, I gotta say, that's one of the weirdest music videos I've ever watched. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. So they're doing more than video games, obviously, but, uh, but, uh, yeah. Sounds quite ambitious. Yeah. The fuck did you just watch? You watched, uh, a bunch of, you watched an amalgamation <laughs> of images and sounds and things put together yeah okay what do we got next <laughs> uh, we got tv news that's what's next tv news let's hit the tv news then. i have swapped over our screens to the tv news <laughs> we're gonna start off with the trailer guess what we have a trailer hey. for Winning Time Season 2. I like Season over 1. On, over on the former HBO Max, now just called Max. Uh, let's check this out. In 3, 2, 1, let's go. My friends, the future of sports is purple and gold. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is time. Bum, 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 bum. Magic and the Lakers are back to defend their title. What a time to be alive. It's my fucking time. You can't have the money, the power, and the love, Irvin. How about this for a headline? The greatest who ever lived is a goddamn Celtic. Ain't nobody scared of Larry Bird. Sit down there, relax. Put on a show just for you. They've won their rings. We've won ours. None of it makes shit. Because it wasn't against them. This is survival of the fittest. It's not about basketball. It's about winning. Three and oh three. One, two, three, win. That is what I'm talking about. Hmm. Hell yeah, dude. It looks great. I enjoy the first season a lot, and I think I speak for DT when I say, "Fuck Boston." Um, yes, always and forever, fuck Boston. Uh, I, what? you know, that this was one of those shows that surprised me when we first watched it. 
like i wasn't sure if I, how much i was gonna like it and i ended up loving it and it, it made me a lot more interested in basketball than i was before because i never really was before even so it's uh it's pretty exciting i can't wait for this next season yeah it's uh it's one of those shows that like as somebody who actually knows kind of the history of of you know the league and the sport and kind of how stuff went down it's like it's not the most accurate but it's it's entertaining it's, you know? it's you entertaining watch, you watch it you watch it for for that mainly you know yeah um and i enjoyed it you know like i say it, it gave me that scene where everybody was like fuck boston you know and that's always <laughs> always a good time mm-hmm. uh yeah good stuff i just when oh, fuck I, I i must have missed it at the end there like did it have a fucking release date i didn't see it either actually oh. August 6th. This is August 6th. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we'll get to watch that right before Ahsoka. Cool. Yeah. Another TV news. The Sonic the Hedgehog spinoff series Knuckles at Paramount Plus has added five to the cast, including Christopher Lloyd and Carrie Elwes. Uh, Carrie Elwes from The Princess Bride, Robin Hood Men Tights. Um, Christopher Lloyd. The Adams Family, Back to the Future. Rob Hubel, Children's Hospital, Bob's Burgers, Paul Shear, Black Monday, and Veep. Uh, Stalker Channing from Greece and the West Wing have all joined the series. Uh, and Idris Elba will voice the character once again, just as he did in the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 film. Uh, others. Uh, Include Adam Pally reprising his role of Wade Whipple, Edie Patterson, Julian Barat, Scott Meskety, and Ellie Taylor. Guest stars include Rory McCann, Tika Sumter, uh, with her returning as Maddie. Cool. Uh, I think the movies have been uh, pretty decent. Uh, they're fun little, like, uh, you know, video game movies. Um, so I'm very curious to see what the show will be like. Um, pretty decent, uh, you know, cast list here. They're building up as well. So not bad for a Knuckles, uh, you know, TV show spinoff series. Yeah. If it be, uh, giving that a shot when it comes out, cause like I said, I've enjoyed the movie, so why not? And this is like saying, isn't this is me saying it's not even the biggest like Sonic fan, you know, just like movies have been fun though. Yeah. Uh, we got some Netflix news. We had the Netflix to Dumb uh, event happen over in Brazil uh, this past weekend, and we got some. There's a bunch of trailers and news from there, but I'm only I only put down a, I only jotted down a couple things here, like uh, Netflix's Avatar: The Last Airbender live action. We got a first look at the series. Um, they tweeted out some images. And then there's a little, like, uh, first look that they uh, posted as well. And let's take a look at these images first. Uh, so we got Avatar Ong. I'm just kidding. Avatar Ang. <laughs> there. Uh, 
which looks pretty uh pretty spot on i would say yeah he looks pretty good he looks young as hell though but he looks uh i forget how old Aang is supposed to be in the in the series but i mean he looks pretty much the way he's supposed to in my opinion then you got katara over on the next slide very uh you know uh warm with the whole fur you know on the uh on the costume there you think 10 11 12 yeah that sounds about right yeah like, somewhere around there i just i just would couldn't remember like the exact age but anyway that sounds about right katara which the actress looks a little slightly older than than ang um and then you guys uh on the next slide Sokka. which i i don't know how you feel about these costumes i think they look pretty decent for the most part but if i had one complaint about this my complaint would be that they look too clean yeah they don't look like they've been through they don't have the wear and tear you know like the dirt and the grime that you would expect them to have mhm mm that's my only really complaint i know some people are like oh they look kind of like cosplay outfits or whatever and i'm like well i can i can kind of see that but at the same time i don't think they look bad either i think it's the shoulder pads me, on on his looks a little not on Sokka. they don't look that good really but i like the rest of it i like the the rings on the armor and all that but something about the shoulder pads is a little off for me yeah yeah, I don't know. I think, like I said, I think for me, they're just, they look too clean. I feel like they should be more, like, the costumes should feel like, you know, they've been around, not just like, oh, let me just, you know, I, I just put this on and it looks, you know, fresh and brand new. I got you. And then at the end, you got Zuko wearing the armor and everything. Which, you know, again... I feel like this one, though, out of all of them, I would really say that makes more sense for it to be cleaner than the other ones, but I don't know. I think overall, I think the, they look decent. They look it looks, they, look, they fine. look fine. Yeah, they look fine. Um, He's going to have this helmet on for like five seconds, and that's my biggest issue with this outfit is the helmet looks a little silly, but uh, I think for the most part, it's fine. Yeah. Uh. But I am curious about the show. I love the animated uh, Last Airbender series. So very, uh, you know, curious to see what they, uh, what else we have from that as well. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. And then we have a little like little mini fifty second video we can watch here as well. Sure. A little teaser. Check it out. Three, two, one, go. Oh man. Oh. 
all these logos all together combining and clashing oh shit The Avatar, the last year. Next year. Okay. Cool. cool. Not much there, but uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing that next year. Uh, in other Netflix to dim news, we got Stranger Things info in that linda hamilton is joining the fifth and final season or sixth season i don't know what season of real on stranger things i don't know uh, but the last uh, season of stranger things linda hamilton is joining gotcha it was announced at the fan event uh she appeared via a video message at the event uh was introduced by her Terminator co-star Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was in Sao Paulo, Brazil, to announce the renewal of his series FUBAR. Uh, but yeah, Netflix announced in February 2022 that it would end with its fifth season, so I was right the first time. This Season five is the last one. And uh, I feel like she's going to be good in this. Like mm -hmm. I feel like this is a good choice. I don't know. I don't know what she's playing or anything like that, but I feel like she fits in with what they're trying to do here. I gotta totally see her working. Yeah. In this. Um, so it'll be curious to see who or you know what she plays. Um, but yeah. Pretty cool. Last thing I saw her in was she was in the that show with Alan Tudyk, uh the resident alien. She plays a character in there. So, yep, should be. I think the last thing I saw her in was the last Terminator movie, which was not great. Yeah, no, I didn't. I did not see that. <laughs> it's, not, it's not great. <laughs> okay, what we got next, DT? And then one last thing we got here is uh, there's a trailer for the live action One Piece. So I have not seen the anime at all ever because it is a massive undertaking and i just i don't I, no you're just not gonna I, I don't see myself ever watching that but same but i do like pirate shit and i'm curious about this trailer so that is the biggest reason why i included this in here is i just want to see some cool pirate stuff so let's that's kind of what i'm hoping for so let's check out this one piece uh Use a trailer. All right. Three, two, one, play. Let's see. Ever since I was a kid, the sea's been calling. So, I'm setting out to follow my dreams. I'm gonna be king of the pirates. All I need is a loyal crew. And I think together we'd make a pretty good team. We're heading up to the Grand Line. 
treacherous stretch of ocean with bigger islands Whoa. and bigger pirates. Wow. Careful with that. I don't work for you. I'm sensing a little bit of tension amongst the crew. Not, Not a, a crew. crew. We haven't sailed together for very long, but I know we've got each other's backs. Bro, his arm. This man is Mr. Fantastic, bro. No, they don't. August 31st. Okay. Again, I don't know shit. I don't know shit about One Piece. Uh, so I don't know how accurate or anything like that this is to the actual uh, anime or the manga or whatever, but I like pirate stuff, so I'm I might I might I might check it out just to see how it is. You know, yeah, why not? I'm kind of the same. I might give it a shot. I might give it an episode or two. See if it wins me over, but I haven't, like, I've never really been attracted to, like, the anime or the manga at all, just because I don't necessarily like the designs of the characters. Um, just, and I haven't watched really any of that type of stuff in a very, very, very long time. So, you know, look, why not? Why not give it a shot? Give it a try. See, see how it is. Like, it, it could be cool. You never know. I watched the, um... I watched the Cowboy Bebop uh, live action thing, and I didn't think it was that bad compared to the. I mean, obviously the anime is gonna be better, but like, just I didn't think it was as terrible as everybody made it out to be. Mm. And I and I, you know, I actually watched it. So, anyway, that's the to dumb news we got for now. Um, interesting things. Um. Brewing, right? It's gonna be a lot to watch, dude. We're talking about a lot of a lot of video games and stuff this year. It's a lot of TV shows and movies this year too, man. Yeah, it's a pretty big year for just media in general. Oh, motion! <laughs> it's called to it's called to doom because it's the noise that that plays whenever you play Netflix stuff. Yeah, you know the little That's why it's called that. Uh, but anyway, moving on to the movie news, if you're ready for that. I am. Let me pop over that screen. There we are. We're ready. Movie news. All right. Are you ready to hear about movies that won't be released for fucking years from now? Let's because hit that's it. the first thing that we got. <laughs> Disney has pushed a gang of movies forward in the future in time. Avatar 3 has been pushed to 2025. Two Star Wars movies are coming out in 2026. And... Avengers and the Avengers films have been delayed. So the Disney has a slew of high profile changes and additions to its theatrical release calendar, including a date for them for Moana moving up Deadpool three and pushing the fourth and fifth avatar films three years each. Um, so again, two star Wars movies coming out in 2026 Avatar is now 2020, or Avatar 3 is now 2025. Avatar 4 will not hit theaters in 2029, 
followed by Avatar 5 coming out in December of 2031. <laughs> Meaning 4 and 5 will now open three years later than previously announced. Other highlights include uh, Deadpool 3 now uh, opening on May 3rd, 2024 instead of November 8th, 2024. So that one actually moved up. Uh, also from Marvel Studios, Avengers The King Dynasty has been pushed up a year uh, to May 1st, 2026. Um, and Secret Wars, uh, which has been pushed a year to May 7th, 2027. Uh, the live action Moana has, has a date of June 27th, 2025. 20th Century has added another installment in the Alien franchise, dated for August 16th, 2024, with filmmaker Fede Alvarez behind the feature. Uh, they've also added the Rami Malek thriller The Amateur to November 8th, 2024. Uh, where Lucasfilm has not had a Star Wars feature in theaters since 2019's The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, obviously, this April at Celebration, they teased the theatrical future, including a Daisy Ridley uh, New Jedi Order and Dave Filoni's The Mandalorian uh, kind of... Uh, heir to the Empire, uh, you know, culmin culmination finale, and then uh, the Dawn of the Jedi from uh, James Mangold. But Lucasfilm previously announced a movie uh, on December twenty twenty or from December twenty twenty five to May twenty sixth, twenty second, twenty twenty six. The Ridley feature is the furthest along in development and is likely to open on that date. And curiously, Lucasfilm revealed also that it has added a new feature just five months later on December 16th, 2026. Uh, and another movie on its current date of December 17th, 2027. Uh, they also, Marvel, going back to Marvel, uh, Captain America Brave New World has moved back around three months to July 26th, 2024. Thunderbolts has been pushed five months to December 20th, 2024. Blade, likewise, moved five months to Valentine's Day of 2025. And Fantastic Four moved back three months to May 2nd, 2025. So, lots of changes, Josh. What's the, what are, what's the thing or the few things that stand out to you the most from all of these uh, crazy changes that have been... Uh, well, Blade being done? moved to Valentine's Day is weird. <laughs> yeah, don't you want to take your your honey boo-boo to, to go watch uh, some, some Blade and vampire, you know, killing and... <laughs> yeah, if anything, if anything, that makes me worried about Blade. Like, like that's, that's... That's really odd to put it there, I feel like, for Valentine's Day, you know? I feel like um, it'd be odder if they put it in January. Fe February doesn't bug bother me as much, but it, you're right, though. Mm. It is a weird spot to put it in. It's still I'd really early, too, though. It was January, though. Because January yeah. is kind of the month where movies go to die. But but you're right, though. I do agree with you. Febu February is a weird spot to put this movie, but we did have Ant-Man come out this February as well. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess we know how, I guess we know how that turned out, but, I mean... It's not uncommon for them to have movies in February, I guess, is what I'm saying. I guess, but man, Blade feels like a summer movie to me. If I was like, it's an action, it'll probably be like action-y, right? Yeah. Like, 
I, I like, assume they'd come out in like November or October or something, you know? Yeah, but, yeah. That, that, yeah that, I don't know. Really, just about any of the other stuff that we say will make sense because February is so weird to me. <laughs> Uh, like and, and not uh, just not just february though but on valentine's day exactly that exactly that's too. it it's like that's odd um the avatar things i don't care about um really at all uh yeah i mean listen i they're not my favorite movies the avatar movies i've watched both of them now i think my biggest issue with the avatar movies is that they're too damn long if they mm. weren't as long as they were i wouldn't mind them as much but let me tell you, dude, after having rewatched the first one recently, it was like two and a half hours. And then the new movies, like three and a half hours. I'm like, bro, th- there is no reason for these movies to be as long as they are. I don't know why James Cameron insists on making these so long, but I don't, know. They don't need to be that long. Um, An alien thing could be cool. Uh. Yeah, we've heard Depending. about that one in the past. Fede, Fede Alvarez, the guy who did yeah. uh, the Evil Dead remake, is working on it. Uh, I mean, obviously other things, but that's the, the one that comes to mind for me immediately. That one could be interested. I'm I'm curious on what their take is. We've heard casting, you know, updates and that over the past couple of years. The thing that intrigues me the most, obviously, being a Star Wars fan, is the fact that we're getting two Star Wars movies on the on on in 2026. Yeah, we're getting one in in May time, like how they used to come out back in the day. And then one in the modern era, which is like December, right? That's kind of how they've been coming out. So we're getting two in a year, which I don't think we've had that ever. So that's... Uh, that's pretty exciting. It's crazy. Cool. It is. Uh, yeah, it makes me wonder which ones are going to be. I mean, we've had so many... I mean, obviously, the, the new Jedi Order, the Daisy Ridley one, is probably going to be one of those. But then what's the other one going to be? I don't know. Like, is it going to be the, you know... uh one of the ones they announced like is it going to be the 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 feloni one or the the james mangled one or is it going to be like the taika one or some of these other ones you know i don't know Let's see i don't know you know no idea looking at all these dates it just makes blades stand out to me even more like if you sit here and look at all the dates right it's like here's a lot of summer here's a lot of spring yeah here's a lot of uh december and then blade valentine's day that just feels so weird when you look at all these other dates yeah, the other thing about this though is like since these are still a few years away, I could see them changing again. Like, yeah, you know I mean? yeah, like, like, like they change shit all older. the time. So, so yeah, it probably just they move them there for now. They might move them again. I mean, they, we we know they move shit all the goddamn time. So these these will most likely be changed again at a yeah, point. Yeah, it's true. It's like when we do our show at the beginning of the year, right? Where we're going like we're doing the breakdowns of like here's all the games coming out, here's all the movies coming out, here's yeah. all the TV shows coming out, yeah. and then it just all changes like within like because yeah. <laughs> nothing ever stays the same, the same. from the, when we talk about it to you know now. You know, it's like it never is that way. Like it it'd be interesting to go back and like for the you know, go rewatch what they were at the time and then go back now and be like, Man, that's so different. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, we can move on to other things. Um, the next thing we have here is that the new Batman film. Actually, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. We have a teaser for the next Disney Pixar movie called Elio. All right. Um, 
Well, let's check this out. It's two minutes long. Uh, so let's do the countdown in three, two, one, play. Didn't name 100. For centuries, we have called out to the universe, looking for answers. In 2024, the universe calls back. Bring us your leader. Hi, can you hear me? Honey, now is a really bad time. Okay, bye. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. This is new. No. 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 Leader of our Earth. Species of the universe. I think there's been a mistake. You're not the leader of our Earth. Sorry for the mix-up. Commence memory wipe. No, oh my God. <clears throat> I am the leader of Earth. Why is your voice different? I, I've always talked like this since I was a kid, which I'm obviously not anymore. But yes, I run the planet. The trial of Earth can proceed. Uh -oh. Until then, as you say on uh, Earth, okay, bye. I love you. Okay, okay, bye. okay. Bye. I love you. I love you. You're the talk of the communiverse. If mom could see me now, the communiverse. Huh? I ate my mother at birth, but in moments of great success, I regret it. That's a thing for your species? No, just a me thing. Everyone was shocked. <laughs> wow. Well, okay. What did you think of that, Josh? Um, I think the visuals all look cool and looks fine. I guess, but I don't have any really strong feelings about it, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. I think uh, it looks fun. I, but I thought I Elemental looked fun too. So I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta check that one out too. Uh, because that <laughs> that that looked interesting also. Yeah. I feel like I'm generally positive on most of the uh, yeah. Pixar movies. It isn't until after I watch them that I'm like, wow, well, that wasn't as good or whatever. But for the most part, like whenever I see something like here in a trailer or whatever, I'm usually pretty, pretty positive on it. Like they don't yeah. really look that bad or anything. I think the visuals are going to look cool because like I showed off some of that, like that frozen wave and a lot of that galaxy stuff. You can do a lot of, you can do a lot of cool, um, uh, visual stuff with that and, make it like yeah. really gorgeous and beautiful so that looks cool um yeah i'm not negative on it or anything i'm just you know i need to see more type i mean it looks cool all right then we can move on to the next thing which is the new batman movie brave and the bold has landed flash director andy muschietti he's gonna be suiting up to direct batman the brave and the bold 
which is a project based on the comic series by Grant Morrison, part of James Gunn's new DC universe. Um, the comics feature or imagine a Bat family where Bruce Wayne's biological son Damien serves as Robin to his uh, dad's Batman. Um, Muschietti's sister and creative partner Barbara will produce the project via their label Double Dream alongside Gunn and Saffron. Um, so they really, uh, they really must have liked uh, what they did with Flash to uh, go ahead and give them the reins of the new Batman movie as well. So that'll be interesting. See what they can do with that. I'm very curious to see who they're going to cast in general for the whole universe. Mm -hmm. um, since we're really in the early stages of, of that, I mean, we kind of know what some of the, the plan is for the first uh, part of it, but we still don't know all of it in its entirety and you know they're kind of narrowing down casting choices of who they're gonna get but I, i'm just really curious because i'll tell you right now dude like if you had asked me like a few like years ago like i probably would have had a better idea of who to cast but now that some of these people are getting older i don't know who you cast as as a batman or as a superman or any of these guys because i just i don't know man it's tough yeah i don't know I don't know. <laughs> Be interesting for for sure. Yep, I uh, definitely want to see the Flash to see how uh, you know they did with that one. Try and get a better idea of what they uh, maybe could do for this one, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, in other news, Mortal Kombat 2 has added a few other people to the movie. Uh, Martin Ford, Desmond Chaim, or Kaim, uh, Anna Wynn, and Damon Harry Harriman are all joining as new faces for New Lines sequel to 2021's Mortal Kombat. Uh... At the same time, they've also closed deals to bring back cast members of the first movie, such as Louis Tan as Cole Young, Jessica McNamee as Sonya Blade, and Josh Lawson as Kano. Uh, returning are uh, Tendabu Asano as uh, Lord Raiden, uh, Mikad Brooks as uh, Jax, uh, Ludi Lin as Liu Kang, Shin Han as Shang Tsung, Joe Taslim as Bihan, and Sub-Zero, uh, Hiroyuki Sanada as Hanzo Hasashi and Scorpion, and Max Wang as Kung Lao. Carl oh. uh, Urban, Adeline Rudolph, and Tati Gabrielle, who have marquee roles in the sequel, uh, have also joined um, Let's see if it says uh, who these are going to be playing, the new cast members. 
Um, Ford will play uh, Shao Kahn. Kayem plays King Gerard. Win uh, does the role of Sindel, and Harriman will play Quan Chi. Uh, so there you go. Interesting. I I like that 2021 movie. Like, is it a perfect movie? Nah, but it's got good action. It's got a lot of a lot of gore, which is Mortal Kombat, and uh, and our boy Yorko knows Shao uh, <laughs> Kahn Martin. apparently. <laughs> yeah, Martin Martin Ford. That is okay. That is a big ass dude, dude. He, he is. This man is six eight, by the way. Ooh, that's a big man. He's a big motherfucker, dude. He <laughs> weren't lying about saying he was a unit, Yorko. That's a big fucking guy. Uh, so he seems to be like at least uh, body size wise the perfect he's choice a, he's for a, Shao Kahn. Yeah, he's a, he's a bodybuilder, so yeah, it makes makes sense. Yeah. No, oh, that's cool. Crazy, it's a big dude, man. That's a big man. All right. Oh, he was in the same. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Any cool. other any stuff to say on the uh, casting, uh, Josh, for Mortal Kombat? Because I know you're definitely the bigger Mortal Kombat guy. Between no, the two of us, I. So. I know. I, I know you enjoyed the first movie as well. Yeah, like I said, I like the first movie. Like I know a lot of people don't like necessarily the the character of Cole Young, but I like the actor that plays him. I like. Uh, yeah, Louis Tan. Uh, he seems like a, like a good guy. Yeah. Yeah, I follow him on Twitter and stuff. He seems like a cool dude. Um, uh, I, I, you know, it's gonna be really interesting because they throw they're throwing in Carl Urban and he's gonna be like Johnny Cage and shit. So, um, I don't know. Could be, could be fun. Could be <laughs> with Mortal Kombat movies. You never really know. Is it gonna be good or is it gonna be a hot dumpster fire? But the cast seems to be, um, good. Uh, with with that, so we'll see. Uh, I guess wait and see. Uh, I I yeah, Mortal Kombat's cool. Hopefully, I hope it's good. I don't want it to be bad. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I don't. I don't hope hope for the failure of anything, especially something I'm going to spend time on. It's something I care about because I actually do like Mortal Kombat a lot. Uh. Yeah. All right. Cool. Sweet. Let's move on to the next thing here, which is our official Red Band trailer number two for Joyride. Remember we watched the the first one? You actually showed this movie to me because I didn't know about it. Mm Mm-hmm. But now we got a new trailer, Josh. So are you ready for this new new Red Band trailer? Let's check it out. I'm sure this will be great. All right. Here we go. A minute 49. Three... Two, one, let her rip. Let her rip. Best friends trip. This is gonna be iconic. Do it like that. You do understand this is a work trip for me. Audrey, I got you. Look at me. You're thinking about a dick. Damn it, you're right. Look at me, look at me, look at me now. I love a grand adventure. I heard that if you keep up with Chinese businessmen, they respect you more. Are you gonna play? Is that a condom? You look like you've had a lot of things in your asshole. Uh, not a lot of things, just one thing, but maybe different varieties of that one thing. Bro, this looks nuts. 
so ridiculous. This is wild, dude. Just a garbage American who only speaks English. And a little golem. My precious. Little filthy obitses. Do you guys have that here? Yeah. We have. It's all over the world. Y'all calling me crazy. Let's just be adults. Are you horny? Sex isn't shameful. It's beautiful. Like the noises. Is that Baron Davis? What the fuck is he doing in this? What the fuck is he doing? What the hell? What? What the hell? I'm not racist. You don't like boba and you never fucked an Asian guy. Damn, still? When I masturbate, I sometimes fantasize about Splinter. He's Asian. He's a rat. He's a good father. He's a good father. Oh, great. Oh, my God. That oh, looks bro. ridiculous. That movie looks nutty. I'm, I can't believe Baron Davis is in this. What the fuck is he doing in this movie, bro? What is he wondering who the hell? But he was a former NBA player. I'm just like, what is he doing in this movie, man? <laughs> but the rest of that, wow. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. I kind of want to watch that. I mean, I'm not going to go to the movies to watch it, but I kind of want to see that. It looks funny. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, m maybe Majin, but I'm just like, I, that's, I, I don't know if he's, he's, like, I don't know if he was acting now, or, or, you know, I don't know what he's up to these days, but man, that's, that's wild. That is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right, Josh, we got some posters and some videos to watch, right? To close out our All movies right. here. Yeah. Uh, first up, we have a poster, I believe, of Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Which this is supposedly going to be like, Zack Snyder was supposed to do like a Star Wars movie. It didn't happen. So he's now doing this for Netflix. It's going to be like his take yeah. on it a little bit. So here's the poster for that. Uh, I think looks pretty decent. Pretty yeah, good. I think it looks interesting. I'm I'm really curious uh, to to how this is gonna be and how this looks. I like uh, kind of I like the whole poster deal here. Um, yeah, looks I dig the poster. Interesting. Uh, I am interested in that movie. Uh, <laughs> there's more color in that poster than his last five movies combined. Well, maybe this will be a super colorful movie for you, imagine. Um. And then after the poster, we have a little behind-the-scenes thing, I assume, from the Tadum. Um, yeah. But I have not seen this yet, but I threw it in here because I was like, it's two and a half minutes. Let's take it's a peek at it. I haven't seen it either. And so I let's am very check it curious out. about this movie, so I, yeah, I want to see it. Let's, let's do it. Ready? Three, yes. two, one, go. It's a ship.
until I came onto this. This movie, for me, existed elementally for 20 years. It's a story of a few against many, impossible odds, good versus evil. I'm getting a chance to tell a story that I've been thinking about for quite a while. I was really excited about Zach. I just really value and admire his enthusiasm for the craft. I hadn't quite anticipated the physical requirements of this. We had a solid two months of preparing the body to get to that place. I've never trained that much. I mean, it is gargantuan. I just really wanted to make a giant atmospheric and space adventure. It's so, so, so big. So ambitious. We get to traverse the darker corners of this universe. We all have a huge anticipation for this film. It's amazing. Something so powerful that you just want more. And it's only the beginning. Very cool. Yeah, I'm, I've been curious about this Neat. movie for a very long time. Like, ever since, you know, it was said that he was supposed, this was supposed to be like his Star Wars movie, but, you know, <clears throat> it didn't happen. So he's like making his own thing now. The other thing we should keep in mind is that this is not only going to be a movie, but they're also working on a video game. And like, I think potentially just making it into like a whole universe here. So, yeah. Um, from what I've seen, though, looks awesome uh definitely can't wait to check it out we'll have to wait till the end of the year basically though in december yeah um but uh yeah i i, I dig it i think uh, it has potential and i hope it does well because uh i'm down for another cool sci-fi you know fantasy adventure you know I'm, I'm about it i'm the same i think it looks really interesting and neat um uh, to see the Snyder's what what Snyder would do with Star a Star Wars similar property. Um, uh, but yeah, a lot of stuff they showed in that behind the scenes looked really cool. Looks like there's some martial arts. Looks like there's some sword fighting. Looks like there's some uh bad space imperial types. Um, uh, it looks looks interesting to me, and I definitely I, it is on my list of things I would definitely want to check out now. So. Uh, that was cool. Also, I was not expecting that that little tease at the end with like, this is actual a done part of the movie from the looks of it, you know, with the with the with the scripts and stuff. So definitely interesting. For sure. OK. Are you ready for what's next, DT? I am, my friend. Let's do it. Well, are you? Are you craving for a look at this poster, DT? <laughs> I actually, I actually saw this uh, when it dropped uh, earlier today. Uh, uh, only the poster, though. I have not seen the trailer. But I haven't seen the trailer either. I've seen the poster. Here's the poster, you guys, for Craven the Hunter, 
the villains aren't born, they're made. <laughs> yep. Uh, <That's>, yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, there's so... <laughs> there's Craven the Hunter, uh, played by Aaron Taylor Johnson. Uh, I mean, he's got the look. I mean, he's he's got the like fucking you know the yeah the jacket with the fur on it and and you know the the pants and the gauntlets. <laughs> so honestly, not not a bad look uh for the character as a whole now that being said who knows what the movie's gonna be like you know so mm -hmm. with that we should watch the trailer let's check uh, this trailer this is, out <laughs> this is a red band trailer so it's uh gonna be you know obviously a red band and not the green band so it's gonna be a little bit more extra than you would expect from a green band so let's check it out ready i'm ready uh three two one, let's go. His hunt starts now uh -oh. because fuck <laughs> you, we're playing the trailer before the trailer. Uh. Uh, Apollo was in because of the poster and now she's out. He's because out because of that one scene. My son, never show mercy. They are prey. Predators. Russell Crowe. I forgot he's in this. I did too, to be honest with you. She died because you sent her away. She was weak, sick in her mind. You know my business, yes? Power is about strength. If you show weakness, you will give our enemies an opening. Oh, fuck that, dude. Oh, man, getting mauled by a CG fucking lion. What happened that day? I stared death in the face. Oh, he turned into Charlie Sheen, bro. He's got that fucking... He's got that, that dog in him, that blood. Tell me about this hunter. It ain't tiger blood, though. This is lion blood. The connection with animals to track his prey. You're on his list. There's only one way off. The six of us, and only one of you. There's six of you now. Oh God, he bit that dude's nose or eye or whatever. What, what, what did he bite? I think it was the nose. Damn. I take it out. You were crazy, motherfucker, dude. The kills are gonna be brutal. You are exactly like our father. Just another man hunting for a trophy. We're murderers. Isn't that what he taught us? You don't get to do that to me anymore. Mr. Teglin. Mr. Teglin? Where's Mr. Teglin? Oh, you're standing in him. You're a goddamn lunatic. Oh, you just figured that out now? All right, Craven the Hunter. There is an animal in each one of us. Don't you want to know? 
why they call me the rhino. The rhino? Huh. Okay. All right. So, <clears throat> what'd you think of that? I don't know. It looks okay, maybe. It looks decent, I, it, honestly. I, it, I, it makes me... I still feel like it's... The Sony movies always kind of strike me as like, this is early superhero stuff for them. You know, like those early superhero movies for them. I don't think it looks terrible. Yeah. Um, but I can't help but notice yeah. like a lot of the CG work that happens with those kills and, and stuff like that. I can't help but like, oh. I don't know. Maybe it's something that'll be obviously refined as we get closer to a release on it. And I just can't help but notice it in the trailers. Um, it looks okay. You know, I don't, I don't yeah. think it looks bad. Yeah. I'm kind of like, uh, I'm kind of like Yorko, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in it for the, for the, for the gore and the blood and the kills and all that kind of stuff. No, I got you. Um, yeah. But there it is, man. We finally got to see a, a look at the film. Um, it's something that we've been hearing about and, and we've known about for a while. So finally getting to see what it looks like. Uh, yeah. It's uh, interesting. Yeah, we've, we've heard about it for a, a while. It's kind of cool to get a look Just at it. We've seen another steals. one of them, another one of the films in the Sony verse, right? <clears throat> yeah, well, uh, we'll see, I guess. Um, yep, 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 yep. Okay, DT. That's uh, that'll do it for our, our news for the week, you know. All right, guys. Um, that's it for the news. We're gonna take a quick little break and we'll be right back after this to talk about our main topic of the week, which will be the authority part two. Um, so I'll run some ads, uh, break on YouTube will be instantly. So we'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere, guys. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Clockwork Cantina podcast part two, where we're going to talk about a comic book series that we've been reading over the past little bit. Part two of it called The Authority. All right, DT. We read the first authority. Let me let me look at the when we read the first one because I'm curious now. I can just pull up the old podcast feed here and scroll down to find out. We read the first part of this back in March. Uh, I have it as March 22nd, but I could have been late on posting the podcast. But it was in March around there. Um. Yeah, it was that week. It would have been on March, uh, March 20th. So, um, We read the first part of The Authority. Now, I had a hard time getting into it at first with that first part, and then it kind of won me over into uh, the second half of that first uh, volume that we read, and then I liked it. Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm before, right? I hate the second volume of this comic series, DT. How do you feel about it? <laughs> I'm genuinely curious how you feel about it. And I don't want to be overly so, negative either. Like, I, I'm not no. a negative person. We're not negative people on this show. I, but there are things I definitely don't like about it. So I definitely don't like it as much as the first half. 
Um, there are some choices and decisions that they do that I'm not the biggest fan of in this second half. Um, I don't know if I, I don't know if I hate it as much as Josh does, but yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say it's the best either. Like it's, there's just, there's just some stuff that they do that we'll get into that I'm like, man, like we really, I feel like that first whole part that we read, the -hmm. first 12 issues was like such a good, like a good stopping point because it like, you know, it ends at the new millennium and like, you know, it has a pretty, I don't know. It just, it, it's, it's a good, it's a good stopping point. And then, but then we continue and then where we are, where we're at. And it's, it's, it's something, it's something. All right. All right. One thing I will say though, I think I said this when we read, when we read our first 12, I can totally see why James Gunn is into this weird ass shit though, man. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so, but, what do you want to start with, ahead. DT? What do you what, what do we want to start with? No, I was just going to ask you. What do you what do we want to start with necessarily here? Well, uh, the first arc. Is what first I was arc. Into, but, okay, let's get go yeah. into that. Let's hit that. Well, I was going to go into like the art overall because I find it highly inconsistent and despise it. But um, mm. uh, let's go ahead and go in with that first arc. Um, Wait, you want to talk about the the that? Then we'll do that first. Because all right. I just uh, I was just gonna go into like each arc, but yeah, go go Phil, go go ahead. I have found the art in this series throughout every issue. Obviously, it's not gonna be consistent between every issue. It is not consistent between fucking panels. I feel like there was a set. Poor Majin, Majin. I'm so sorry. Uh, we have a, a channel set up that we talk about comics. That like Majin will, will recommend us a comic to look at or to read for the podcast, right? Um. But I didn't want to spoil like DT because I was reading a little bit before DT got started on it. And I was like, I don't want to spoil DT. So I started DMing Majin on Discord. And I sent him this poor child, this poor baby that exists in the Authority Volume 2. That is the most does not look like a baby at all to me, first off, and at least in that in that, in that early issues with the baby. There are three panels in a row. And that baby looks different in every fucking panel. Like, the, I, I was I was DMing Majin. I was like, Majin, they don't know how to draw a baby. They don't know how to draw a baby. And this is like a thing in comics, apparently, I guess, where people don't know how to draw babies. There is a baby that is the most inconsistently drawn baby in the same comic through, like, and just, it just, like, look at this baby. All right, I'm going to throw up an image. Now, is this a baby or is this Uncle Charlie at the family reunion shrunk down? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to be a shitbag or anything, but what? Why is this? What is this art? What is this? This looks terrible. It looks awful. All right. The same comic issue here. Looks a little bit like Slappy the Dummy. This is the next panel, by the way, with this baby in it. Uh, looks also a little different and inconsistent. Once again, this poor child. Uh, look, I don't need to harp on this all day. I just don't like the art. I, 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 I found it woefully inconsistent. Also, I am going to show one more image because this is the baby later. What is this? No, what is this? Who draws a baby? What is this? This is terrible looking. 
this is awful. I don't, I don't get it. Like, uh, I, 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 I'm sorry. Go back to baby drawing school because this was terrible to me. Um, and maybe I'm being overly harsh. Maybe I'm being an asshole. Maybe I'm being a jerk. But I am gonna point out the things that I do not like, and I do not like the art in this. This, at least in the second half, because this is like volume two, basically, right? Like. Or not volume two, the second half of volume one or whatever they're fucking called. I get confused on comics because they split it in half. The first little 12 issue. This is the second 12 issue run or after 12 issues, because this runs longer than 12 issues. Um, I I have found the art woefully inconsistent and just bad. Um, and I, I didn't like it like at all in terms of uh, of that, that aspect of it. DT, how do you feel about the art? Josh, like, Josh I, didn't I, like it so much that he didn't even put it as his background for today's episode. He's like, that is right. Final Fantasy 16. We're not even talking about Final Fantasy 16, but I'm gonna keep it because I don't like the art for the authority. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't. So the reason I did that was just to be like, I didn't like the authority really at all, and I didn't want to be like, I'm gonna have it back there even though I don't like it as I talk shit about it. You know, it felt kind of dirty to do that. So. I just put up Final Fantasy because I didn't know what else to put. It would have been nothing, I guess. I've been in the darkness, but um, <laughs> that's why there's no photo of the authority behind me. We almost always put authority, uh, or sorry, photos behind us of the main topic, but I didn't. I chose yeah, not to I, this yeah, time. I, I try <laughs> to keep it with the theme of each episode. Yeah. Um, I decided not to do that. Yeah. I did so, argue with myself over it. <laughs> I also i'm not the biggest fan of the art there are some shots where like or, or some frames where like you see the faces of certain characters i'm like what is going on with the with these faces right now like if you go through them and you look at the panels and like when they, when they do like close-ups on characters you mean like they this have certain <laughs> yeah like that i'm like what is up with these faces like what did they do to poor jack what <laughs> Yeah, it's um, I I think you're right though. It's very inconsistent with how the characters are supposed to kind of look, um, from frame to frame. And then <laughs> the baby Jenny is one of those that yeah. Every time you see her, she looks different. It's like, does she have hair? Does she not have hair? Uh, the face is looking different. Is she supposed to? Am I supposed to be Asian? Is she not? Like, what, 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 what's going on here? I can't, I can't tell. But yeah, it's uh, you're totally right on that. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, not, not the best. The art in that, that's for sure. Okay, we can uh, uh, whenever you're done with the art. Uh, sorry, the art, uh, DT. By the way, we can just move into that I, first I'm, arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's <laughs> let's do it. Okay, <laughs> so we're both not fans of the art. The first arc of the second half of uh, the next batch of issues that we have here is called the Nativity Arc. So the next four issues are going to be all that. And we start off in Southeast Asia. Um... The carrier is docked above somewhere up above and down on the ground. They see a bunch of refugees that they're wanting to be taken in. 
uh the the authority is all over the news and magazines and they're like all you know everywhere right they're all over the world media wise um and they're doing interviews and stuff and i think jack is the one that says this but he's like how can you expect us to save people from extraterrestrial threats but turn a blind eye when genocide is being perpetrated by earthbound dictators um And there's just a good, and there's a good moment where Jack is like toasting over Jenny's grave. And then the doctor who comes in is like, well, you know, Jenny may not be as dead as we thought mm -hmm. uh, because she was a spirit of the 20th century. But then what happens is that, you know, she becomes reincarnated for the new 21st century. Um, on the carrier. Uh, you know, Jack is having conversations with the U.S. president, and you know about overstepping, and 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 uh, then we go to the hangar, which is like one of the U.S.'s like secret, like military command centers, which in in the little quotations they say that it's. Whereabouts are 42 levels above presidential clearance, which I'm like, what the, f like, what is that even? <laughs> uh, but they found a source of a Jenny quantum in Singapore as of January 1st. And then we get introduced to this character called Dr. Kriegstein. And all I could think of when I saw him, especially from the back, I'm like, look at this fucking mini Supreme Leader Snoke over here. Cause he's bald and like deformed and like, there was just one frame where they have him like sh from behind. I'm like, that just looks like a mini Snoke, dude. Like, what the hell? Right. Uh, but in Singapore, a uh, savage strike force takes out some innocent looking children looking for a, a the, you know, looking for Jenny, the, you know, the golden child. As yeah. Say. They just dump out a bunch of babies on the, on the, out of like a fucking high story building, which is yeah. felt gross. Uh, and then the doctor is uh, running around with the actual child uh, as he gets surrounded by the other team. And then you got a giant man that appears out of nowhere and that ends that issue. So starting off again, having read this first issue, what'd you think of, of just that first one? Um, so I was like, okay, we're going to, I was kind of getting into it. I like jo uh, Jack as kind of like the leader of, of the authority at this point. Cause I like him kind of taking more of a leadership role. And I thought that's interesting. Okay. Like I can deal with everything is a normal authority uh, thing up to a point. And the part that really bothered me in the issue is like when they just throw out a room full of babies off like a fucking second floor and just like destroy them. And I'm just like, man, that, that feels and that 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 could just be a me thing. Like it made me feel kind of gross to read that, you know, um, uh, it made me a little uncomfortable, which didn't really happen that much in the there's a lot of things in the second part of the comics, the authority comic series as a whole that just make me in general uncomfortable. Um, uh, for sure, but uh, that's where it kind of started to, to lose me, and then I was like, oh, look at this fake Iron Man, and this fake, obviously supposed to be Cap in America, and this fake Thor, you know, like, like, it's, it's, <laughs> it kind of lost me there, and I don't know if, I don't know if it ever gets me back, 
uh, in any of the later issues, but obviously we're talking about the first issue. So, um, you know, I, I, the, the, I think I said the last time we, we did this series, like I really like the doctor as a character. Um, yeah. I thought he was an interesting, uh, character. Um, and that's pretty consistent with this first issue. The things I find about him inter- are still interesting, uh, at least with this first issue. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I thought it was an okay start, and then they threw out a bunch of babies, and I was like, well, that feels kind of gross. Uh, but they're being super edgy, so why not throw out a room full of babies, I guess? Um, yeah, I felt like that was pretty consistent with some of the stuff we've seen from them before, though. Yeah, yeah, it just made me feel not very good. Um, I gotcha. <clears throat> which is a, a totally a me thing. That's what they're going for? Okay. All right, uh, so that's the first issue. Um, and then the second issue obviously continues that with number 14. So then going to back to your point, I was like, these guys are basically just the anti-Avengers because you got, right. you know, like you said, you got not Captain America, not Thor, not Hulk, not, you know, Iron Man. Um, not not Scarlet Witch. <laughs> yeah, they're they're the they're self-proclaimed America's premier super team. Um, so they're trying to convince the doctor to kill the baby, but then Titan, who's like the big, not you know, not Ant Man, you know, the big giant dude, mm-hmm. takes down a plane, and then like Baby Jenny like lights the fucking area up. Um, and there's just like she, they're they're all shielding up, and and you know shit's shit's going down. And back on the carrier, Jack orders a team meeting to tell them about what's going on in Singapore. Uh, and then when we go back to there, Titan loses both of his legs from the baby's attack, and and then the uh, the team's directive changes from from search and destroy to to recovery. Um, as the rest of the authority arrives, and then they, you know, they fight this, uh, you know, anti-Avengers team. Um, over back in the hangar, uh, Kriegstein explains that this baby is much more powerful, displaying abilities so quickly, because it took the original, you know, or, or Jenny Sparks, 19 years to begin displaying them. And he wants to capture the baby because uh, so they can shape the next 100 years into whatever they desire. Uh, Apollo gets, like, I think knocked down and the engineer is trying to help him out. But and not Hulk grabs her before uh, she can. And, like, she's, like, shooting at him. Uh, and trying to like put some damage into him, but he takes the beating like it's nothing. And then she basically just flies him into outer space, and dude just starts bloating up until he explodes. So that's one less dude to worry about. Uh, the doctor has the baby in hand, but wants to help Jack fight. But Jack is like, you know what, dude? You. And and this is all while mean meanwhile. Jack is saying this while he's holding somebody's fucking head, like in his hand. 
And he's like, you know what? I'm gonna beat him to death with it. And then the doctor and the leaves with the baby. Um, one thing that I found really interesting about this, I guess, at the very end, where the Midnighter emotionally damages fake Iron Man into a hug, and they kind of <laughs> split off as fake Iron Man leaves his past life behind, and then like, and yeah, like like they just leave, and then fucking Jenny is able to make it back. Uh, they manage to retrieve Jenny again and go back to the hangar. Um, well, I mean, hold on. What I meant to say was that they take Jenny from the doctor and they take her to the hangar while the team loses contact with Apollo as the doctor's like, the game's up. So, you know, they're, they're, they're in trouble now because they've captured the baby. But that's basically the gist of, of a chapter, uh, issue number 14. Any any uh, any thoughts on this one, Josh? Because for me, like I said, the big moment is the Midnighter just emotionally damaging fake Iron Man <laughs> into giving up his past life. I was like, that is nuts, dude. That's crazy. That's probably my the most wild thing that happened for me in that issue. Yeah, it, it's definitely like of all the ways I was expecting it to end. It was not Iron Man hugging uh, Midnighter. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely like, huh? That's a that's a that's a choice. Uh, um, um, I'm trying to find the line. I feel like there's a line in here where he's like, "I bet you've never even been hugged before, or something like that, or held. You've never <laughs> been held before, have you? You've never yeah, you've even never been, been held, held have you? Yeah, that's the one. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's and it's kind of interesting because Midnighter, especially later as the series develops, is like, and even in the first parts that we read of it. He just kicks ass all the time and never really he's just an ass whooping machine, you know, like that's what he does. But he actually talks somebody down in this issue. I do find that kind of interesting that they they yeah. went with that that choice here. Um, I was like, for all the crazy shit that this this uh, series does, I'm like, that's that's very interesting that they went that way with, with that. Because I mean, mm -hmm. I didn't expect it to go that way, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that was uh cool. For sure, for sure. Doctor shows up with a bloody nose. I have the comic open uh, on the side. There's a kind of going okay, through cool. it. Just so I can kind of remember what's happening. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I read a lot in a very short amount of time. So I got you. Yeah, I I, I yeah, I understand. I tried to spread it out like I read like an arc a night is kind of how I was doing it. I got you. Um, <laughs> I got the art yeah. of the doctor is horrible. Oh my goodness. Yeah, there's, there's, I mean, we talked about how that art looks. It's, it's well, I don't good. even mean that. I just mean his character. <laughs> it's like just so wow. ugly. <laughs> Sorry, I, I should say. Um, because I, right, I went ahead we can to, move the on to the next issue. issue. Yeah. Yeah, we can move on to the next issue. Uh, Wow, so he really does look like Snoke. Holy shit. I didn't even think about that until yeah, you said it. Yeah, I'm telling it. you, dude. I, 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 that's all I could think of as I was looking at Creasy, and I'm like, this is just Snoke. But I'm like, yeah. So my first note is, he really does look like a short, big-headed Snoke. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. But in Singapore, the Midnighter holds Apollo 
As the news reports, 5,000 dead and up to 20,000 injured in one of the worst acts of superhuman violence in living memory. Uh, the team watches the news, and Jack, seeing how all this bullshit, lies, and misinformation is being spread, wants to contact the four corners of the earth to let everyone know what's really going on. Uh, basically, his message all over the world uh, relays the message of truth, and, and giving the U.S. military kind of an ultimatum, gives him an hour to decide what the next course of action is going to be. Uh, the doctor and the engineer infiltrate a base. Uh, while back on the carrier, the Midnighter asks when the refugees will have political asylum and then checks in on an angry Apollo. Angie, the engineer, finds out that the team they fought in Singapore, they're actually a Cold War unit called the Americans who disappeared in 1989. And Kriegman was snapped up by Eisenhower by the end of the war. Uh, she also states that there's hundreds of superheroes in every major city in the U.S. is being defended by a hangar. And continues to, and they just continue to explain Kriegman's backstory with Bush and, you know, etc. cetera. Uh, the doctor explains that they're the competition in regards to why they needed the baby. Uh, and then Manhattan has been evacuated while Paris, Berlin, Beijing, and cities all over the world witness Kriegstein's international attack. And another superhero team arrives kind of out of nowhere. And that's kind of the gist of that one. So as we continue this arc, uh, what'd you think of issue 15? Uh, it was fine. I don't really have a lot to say on this issue, to be honest, for the most part. Um, yeah, it's just another one in the... It's kind of like a setup issue. It's, yeah. That's a lot of backstory. Yeah. And... yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Um, you're right. Yeah, I thought it was fine as well. Like just learning. I, I think it was like learning the name of the of the anti Avengers. You know, called the Americans. And yeah. Creek scenes backstory was 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 the, the more interesting stuff in that for sure. All right. Well, let's move on in sixteen, which is the last episode of the arc. In which uh, superhero teams are simultaneously attacking capital cities all over the world. The authority splits up and kind of takes one per, one country per person. Uh, you got some good old racist attack in Paris. Then you got Jack, the king of cities, ordering the city. I like how he's like, uh, I've ordered the city not to take any more nonsense from you piss ants. Uh, I do like Moscow, Jack a lot. His power set yeah, is really Jack cool. Is, I like, uh, yeah, he's being the king of the cities. I like, we, going back to what you said earlier, I like that after, you know, how Jenny was the leader in the first, uh, you know, 12 issues we read. Yeah. Him taking over as leader, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's a pretty good, uh, like, you know, not replacement, but like successor is the word I'm looking for. He's like a good successor for yeah. you know, leadership. Um. But yeah, in Moscow, the doctor, you know, takes care of business with the locals. And in Beijing, the engineer is like, yo, it's too late to save Chinese Congress, but I can, you know, distract the invasion force to let local emergency teams rescue those that are trapped. Um, she's calling uh, or she wants him to call Christine to prime every mask on the planet for help. 
And she also wonders if anyone is in Washington. Which Apollo arrives in DC shortly afterwards. And in the hangar, Kriegstein talks about his devised revolution where the governments of the world are simultaneously erased and replaced by his hand-picked personal executive. Back in Manhattan, the Midnighter gets the armies in position for the carrier to attack, and Apollo goes fucking ham, just soloing all these enemies in, in DC. There's a there's a um, cool panel of him when he lands. The art's not good, but the moment is dope where he's like there with like a bunch of fire behind him and he's coming out of this trader in front of the White House and it's he's just like hello again. I do like that panel. Um and uh, I think that was is a pretty dope little entrance that he got to have because he kind of got beat down a little bit in those previous yeah. issues. <clears throat> and then the last thing I have for this issue is that Swift attempts to convince Kriegman to join the authority. And then at the end of the arc, Tank Man, which is, you know, the Iron Man, not the, the not the fake Iron Man. Thanks the Midnighter for sorting his life out as he details what he's been up to since Singapore. So I'm like, what a nice guy, dude. He not only gets convinced by the Midnighter to change his life around, but he sends him a letter to be like, this is what I've been up to since he's helped me change my life. So I was like, that's that's nice. In, yeah. a, in such a crazy-ass comic series like this, I'm like, that's a nice little little moment that is very, very rare in something like this, you know? I also find it interesting that they recruit the Doctor. Like, they don't kill him or throw him in jail. They're like, come join yeah. us. Uh, they just straight up, like, recruit him, yeah. So those yeah, are kind of the positives uh, for me in that issue. So that's the Nativity arc. What would you think of this arc overall um, in general? I think, I'm going to tell you right now, I think this might be, of all of the arcs that we read this time around, might be the the one I like the most. I think I agree with you. Like as I sit here and like think about it, I I think I agree with you like completely. I think it is one of the, probably the best arc out of these next that we're going to talk about. Which is a shame because we still have a couple more arcs to get through, and it only gets it only gets worse from here in my opinion. But uh, <laughs> I, and I, I think Josh and Josh agrees too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but so we so the next one is the Earth Inferno arc, which starts with. Uh, or issue number 17 and we begin in rome where a storm brews and begins destroying the city the carrier european union sends a multinational response team for the humanitarian crisis apollo and the engineer are on their way to help as well uh, in chechnya swift speaks to invading forces telling them to stand down over in la jack uh and the engineer talk about their contributions to uh, help cure cancer then he has a conversation with the midnighter about some stuff over in the un they speak about the meteorology uh abnormalities the world has been has seen recently according to the wmo the world's seen more hurricanes typhoons and earthquakes in the last 21 days than the previous two years total then suddenly they spot something in the middle of the atlantic uh, over in Sydney, Jack and the Midnight are still discussing the whereabouts of the Doctor and his wife. They find him, and then they find him OD'd in bed. They call upon the engineer, uh, but they get a conditioned red priority from Swift that everyone is needed in New York. 
as we see the USS John F. Kennedy get overtaken by a massive tsunami wave, which then also overtakes New York, and that's where that issue ends. So Josh had a little bit of a frustrating little uh, little thing there. So what's what's up, Josh? So I like the character of the Doctor. In the earlier issues, they make him, like, he's already, I mean, I know he's like a recovering drug addict from, like, the first issues. Like, that's not a big deal. But it feels like, I feel like this, like, I don't feel like it really sets up him doing, having a drug overdose at all. It's just like he's disappeared with his wife, who we've never heard of. And, uh, uh, and is a pop star. And they're looking for him. And then they find him and he's OD'd on drugs. Like, okay, I guess. And it only gets worse. I don't think it gets any better. (laughs) Uh, uh, to be and look i'm not saying it couldn't happen obviously like you never really you know drug it's a it's a it's a sickness right it's something you've never cared of you fight it your whole life addiction right and i just didn't particularly like how they did it here especially since i thought the character of the doctor was a really interesting character for having to deal with his addiction while also having the power of all these like ancient, I think shaman is the term they use uh, in this other universe that gives him his powers. Right. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like they did a bad job of it personally. Um, so that's why I just kind of went like, ah, I don't like this. Like uh, it's, uh, it's a little, it's a little rough for me. Uh, I got gotcha. you. Also, the art is really weird at the start of this comic. Did you did you see Apollo's face? What they do to his face? I mean, I said this earlier, man. There's a lot of these issues where I'm just <laughs> looking at the characters' faces and close up and stuff, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on with these faces, dude? Like, I don't. That was the thing that threw me off the most. Like, I know you mentioned the baby, but for me, I'm just like reading the issues. I'm like, these faces are terrible. Yeah, what is going on here? It's like one minute they look 20, one minute they look 100. It is cool to see Midnighter out of his costume, though. Yeah, we got to see that basically for the first time, right? I'll give that a a positive on this issue, I guess. All right. Well, we can uh, move on to the next issue, if that's it for that one. Sure. Uh, Number eight. Number 18, in New York City, everything and everyone is underwater. People are confessing things to friends and others that, you know, probably wouldn't say unless you're about to die. And oh my Swift God. is trying to save <laughs> those who she can, along with many engin- engineers. And they've managed to teleport many New Yorkers on the carrier. Uh, Jack tells Christine they've been spying on her, and Jas- Jackson asks about the doctor, but. Jack tells him he's in a coma in Sydney. Um, Midnighter reports to Jack that he's out of the game still and facing permanent brain damage unless they can get him breathing again. Uh, Midnighter's blood is crazy. Uh, In Grand Central Station, the engineer tells Apollo she wants the doctor out of the team and is not willing to debate it. Uh, Apollo then tells her... that he, he would he would have cleared it up by clicking his fingers if he was around. Uh, then something else is going on with the tectonic plates being pulled apart under Northern California and San Francisco needs them. 
They send that in all evac order in all languages from San Jose to Berkeley. Angie and Shen make sure the area is clear. Apollo sticks with Jack, and a swarm of insects arises in the sky, and they literally eat the flesh off of people while Apollo is in the volcano. Uh, Angie swoops in to help in a major way. Apollo deactivates the volcano, and they attempt to find whoever is responsible for all of this as Christine is sending a list over to Jack that he will relay to them. Then, as the issue is about to end, we are going to Before Christ LTD, which is like a weird-ass location. Uh, Midnighter is ready to interrogate the uh, previous doctor before the current shaman uh, as he tells them that they've never faced a bastard like that before. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so that's that's the end of that issue. So we'll Here guys, on that one. Allow me to read one of my favorite parts. And maybe this is what this comic's going for, but I obviously despise this. It says, this is a comic book panel of the two firemen, DT. I'm sure you know these two guys uh, that are trapped yeah, underwater in Manhattan. Here, allow me to read this for yeah. you. He says, oh, geez, Billy. <laughs> I can't die with a guilty conscience. I used to pee in your coffee every morning. I've been boffing Diane since Disneyland. And the son of a gun who took a dump in your favorite helmet was me all along, buddy. And he says, who cares? Uh, I love you, man. I've loved you from the moment you swaggered into the station in your snakeskin boots. <laughs> and the, other the other firefighter's response to this is, what? Which is my response to who wrote this dog shit? Because that line is terrible. That whole fucking section. Maybe it's what they're going for. It's fucking stupid if it is, to be frank with you guys. And I don't like it at all. It is moronic and juvenile and very childish. And I feel like you could do so much better in the world of comics. And I despise it um, with authority. Uh, and this is also the issue with the, the very um, inconsistent baby drawings. Um, on top of like the continued uh, uh, weirdness with the, the doctor and his uh, heroin overdose and Midnighter giving him blood and the fix all that or whatever, I think that's this issue. Um, uh, yeah, that's this one. Yeah, so, yeah, that's... Boy, let me tell you, I really love this issue. Um <laughs> the art of Apollo swimming in lava is pretty neat. I, I like that. Um, and, and the bug thing is kind of metal, like eating the flesh. I think it's horrible for the poor people that get eaten, but I'm like, well, that's kind of metal at least, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah, this, this, this arc is, uh, M. Night Shyamalan read this issue and came up with the happening, I think. Um, uh, so, uh, <laughs> we can move on. All right. So Josh is not a big fan. Yeah, that's yeah, Yorko. That's some of the some of the stuff that that, that dude confessed to him as they were dying under as they were gonna be dying underwater uh, from a tsunami. Dude just confesses all that to his to his boy right there. Let me tell you. Anyway, Jesus Christ couldn't get that confession out of me if I did that and I was gonna <laughs> die. <laughs> uh. Oh fuck. <laughs> All right, issue number 19. The media criticizes the doctor after seeing footage saying, how can we trust a heroin addict with global security? 
along with the accusations of him creating the wave. Uh, one of the presidential candidates guarantees an immediate ban on post-human activity altogether. There's an estimation of over 4 million dead over the last seven days all around, all around the world. Uh, complaints of, of them only caring about third world countries and not caring about New York. Uh, and then, oh man, and then the dude that was like, oh, we're, they're, we're not picking enough rice to merit attention. Uh, <laughs> and then we go to 20 million years BC where Midnighter continues his interrogation. According to the doctor, 72 hours from then, the world will reverse its north and south poles in a final act of self-preservation. Over in Sydney, the doctor walks out and walks out of the uh, and doors his way out once he's outside of the hospital because there's a bunch of people out there like you know waiting on him and he's like you know what? I'm gonna door my way out of here. Uh, over in alternative eight three eight, they discuss evacuating Earth's entire population to all neighboring parallel realities and how many refugees they can afford. the The, willi- the authority is willing to accept ten million if they aren't carrying anything contagious. Uh, Midnighter jokes to Jack about seeing the female version of himself six months pregnant, and Jack says he's glad he never stuck around to, to meet the father, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, for some, it did make for me some reason, no one wants... Uh, oh, and then, like, for some reason, no one wants the eight million Belgians. Like, I thought that was fucking funny. Too. I'm like, the Belgians? What, 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 what they do? Uh... They set up a comm link for a global broadcast to tell everyone the world is ending in 48 hours and they need to evacuate. The doctors discuss uh, Kriegstein has invented a doomsday, doomsday bomb and wants to sink it into the Earth's core to bully the world into submission. Uh, over on the carrier, Angie bel- uh, relays the options to Jack and... Now they need to lease out superpowers to a certifiable lunatic. In Arizona, they meet up with the other doctor, and the Midnighter tells him he has 60 minutes, just like he asked for. And that's where the issue ends on that one. So, so another weird one. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just going to point out some of the things I found interesting. Maybe you go ahead. Go, you go first. No, I was just going <laughs> to say there's a lot of weird ass locations in this, like Alternative 838 and Trillion you know, yeah. Mini. Million years BC, but go ahead. What are you gonna say? I was gonna say some of the positives for me in this issue is just like I think it's neat to see uh, the alternate uh, authority team. I was like, hey, that's cool, like a little a, a gender bent uh, team. So like everybody is has like their opposite number is the the opposite of them, right? So like uh, the female uh, hawk, hawks, Jack, um, hawks more, yeah, yeah, hawks more, and. Uh, the female Apollo in mid- I just found that kind of interesting. And I do like, um, because they're evacuating, I, I do like the panels of showing like everybody dealing with their um, packing and, and getting them like, how that would be emo- so uh, emotionally like uh, dealing with all that as they kind of line up to go all these different universes through the doors. So I found that kind of interesting uh, in this issue. <clears throat> Okay. Um, yeah, for me, just a lot of weird locations, and just the fact that they like are trusting this dude to, you know, give him the doctor's powers for an hour is, was insane. 
you know, but it's like what other I don't know what other options they had, but I don't know if that was the best thing they, they could have done, but I guess you know, the only thing they, they had at the moment. Um Well I was wondering but, like uh, we see like um a f- a female doctor in the other universe is like, can you not get that doctor to come over to fix this issue that you seem to be having? Like, do your powers mm-hmm. not work here or something? Like, it's not really like your only thing is to give the penguin knockoff the powers for uh sixty minutes. I guess it, it feel a little weird to me, but I get it's just to set up the next issue and fight. I guess it's gonna happen. Yeah. Uh. Which, speaking of the next issue, number 20, it's the final episode of this arc where the doctor messes with Apollo and the Midnighter attacks him, but the doc parries it and sends him flying. As he doors his way in, uh, he asks if Jack is still around. Over in New Mexico, they attempt to distract the doc for another 57 minutes. In the Garden of Ancestral Memory, the doctor gets dirty looks from everyone and they question the wisdom of his selection after recent events. Uh, in Mexico City, uh, Jack tells the doc that he brought him there because it's the largest city in the world, and he was surgically modified to thrive in urban environments. Swift is on her way to back him up, uh, and I just... I couldn't help but get a little chuckle out of uh, the line where they... Uh, He's talking to Angie about why he had such a mad on for killing everyone. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he's like, something to do with having an incredibly small penis, according to the back of his trading card, which <laughs> that was kind yeah. of funny. Kind of funny. Uh, the dog gets torn up, but put back together, and Angie arrives to help as well. Uh, the doctor is doing and saying some weird, creepy shit to Angie, which is yep. kind of... Very gross. Uh, Apollo charges the doc and punches his brains out as he takes him out to space. Doctor then tells him it was a mistake as he can eat the sun. Uh, the doctor, meanwhile, back with his predecessors, says that he knows uh, what he's doing. Uh, Jack orders the engineer to tell the carrier to self-destruct as they confine the doctor to an empty planet. Uh, doc says he doesn't have to travel through the bleed to reach former... Uh, population midnighter arrives with the cavalry but doc burns them all except midnighter and wants to reverse the poles suddenly uh our doctor arrives and asks the other doctor why he isn't aroused by mass suffering anymore uh the doctor tells him about empathy for every living creature in existence uh and he says he feels remorse for his actions but apollo doesn't give a fuck and says his 60 minutes are up as he beams his ass up with his eyes. And everyone arrives back from the parallel universes. Uh, somehow on the carrier, Angie and the doctor end up in bed together. Yeah. And the final like line of the fucking comic is like, let's just enjoy the good times while they last. So there you go. Lots of unlikely things happening. And uh, that's the end of that arc. So Josh, would you uh, think of this? episode and this just arc as a whole arc as a whole i hate it one huh uh issue i don't really i don't really like the issue either because like they have this really creepy ship happened to angie in the past due to the doc's powers 
and she winds up in the same issue sleeping with the original doctor which also feels very gross and tropey and i don't like it um uh, and not in a good way and yeah i just uh, I, uh, they do that a couple times later on and it's gonna be fucking weird so for the most part I, i'm not a fan not a fan of this arc issue the penguin i think the way that the 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 doctor wins in the end is an interesting way like he gives him his powers and eventually it kind of uh all that kind of uh uh the ultimate shaman stuff kind of comes back like feeling empathy for every living creature i find that kind of interesting but it's kind of ruined by the fact that they make the the villain do just just really awful terrible disgusting things so um yeah not a not a fan to be honest i gotcha especially because it revolves around the doctor who i found like a really interesting character in the in the first series that we read the first 12 issues yeah yeah all right yeah i um definitely a weird arc but i don't but i i there's some stuff that we still have yet to, to talk about that is fucking weirder i feel like but oh they, yeah. yeah i don't know um i don't disagree with you not my not my favorite arc um but still, I don't think not as as bad as some of the shit we got coming up. Uh, like I said, but yeah, I mean, there's, I don't know if there's anything. Do do I have anything good to say about this arc? Um, Earth Inferno. I don't know. I I just, uh, I think they fucked up with uh giving the powers back to the 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 you know the current yeah. doctor's predecessor um him doing that nasty evil shit i think again is pretty consistent with what they do on this series um but i don't know it's just all i could think of is just some of the art that is like weird with the faces again and all that yeah so. yeah no i got you i don't know it's I mean- uh I'll be honest. Going forward, I hate pretty much everything that's going to happen as we talk about it. Like, I just want to preface this. I'm not going to have a lot of good things to say going forward. Like, we've kind of gotten past what I thought was good. Um, All right. Well, let's let's move on then. So the next thing we have is an interlude, which is a one-issue little interlude called All Tomorrow's Parties. Uh, we have start off with the Once Upon a Time, and the authorities' actions in Southeast Asia have been have many worried for the future. President Clinton plans to speak with Jack Hawksmore. So let me stop right there real quick because I'm often confused about who the president is supposed to be because right. they're like, oh, here's like, that's President Clinton. But then another issue is like some other random president that I'm like, I've, they just clearly made up for this, you know, for these comics. So it's like, they're, one of my big issues with this is like, everything here is supposed to be kind of connected and like follow what came before it. But oftentimes I feel like a lot of shit doesn't matter. And they're like, they do stuff that like is just so different and like not at all really consistent with what they've done. 
like I don't know. It's hard to explain, but like, I I just feel like stuff is sometimes like, I don't know if it doesn't matter is kind of the 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 point, but sometimes it feels like it doesn't matter. You know, I don't know. No, I got you. It's 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 weird. I, I have a weird weird thing with this uh with this uh series and and how they how they do all that, but um. But anyway, uh, as we continue with this issue, um, which is the interlude, uh, they, Christine and Jackson arrive at the Ritz Carlton, and Jackson's a little salty over how the authority over the authority and how they how he thinks they've been used and or you know, and all that. Uh, the carrier is accelerating through su- superliminal existence to mark the anniversary of the ninth Big Bang, which is again more weird comic shit that they include in this, uh, you know, little, little text. Apollo and Midnighter have a fun exchange at the party. Uh, in the engine room, the doctor and the engineer have a talk of life and death and angles and all this stuff. Uh, Jackson storms off. Angie and Jack have a conversation about becoming revolutionaries. And he says that Jenny's dream is will put that into motion. Uh, they then see Jackson, and Jack says it's probably it was the doctor's idea to invite him, but then goes over to talk to him, while Christine is like relaxing in like a hot tub or whatever, and is talking to some other woman who I believe's name is Flint. Is that her name? If I remember correctly, something like uh, that, I think. And then tells her that she hasn't had her period in eighteen months. Um, there's lots of there's lots to talk about Stormwatch, which I get confused about because we didn't read that beforehand, which feels like maybe we probably should have a little bit. Um, but oh well. Uh, Jackson says they're they're frightening people, and Jack says that they can handle it. Christine, uh, appears kind of like in his like I don't know if it's like in his head with like two other two others and you know and like they're like kind of messing with them or whatever. Uh, the doctor is in pain, uh, and Jack asks him where Jenny is. He says Singapore. Uh, they lose the doctor somewhere. He's no longer registers on radio telepathy, according to Swift. Jack asks Apollo where Midnighter is, but he watches as Christine and Jackson leave for home. He kind of he proposes to her and says, "There's going to be a change in the weather as they walk away in the rain." This one to me was weird as fuck because it's like a one-off little interlude yes. thing, and I'm like, what's the point of this? It's weird. It's confusing. Like, it's what the fuck the issue because I have no idea what's happening uh, f- later on, and it leads nowhere. <laughs> it leads nowhere really. Like, it doesn't really set anything up, or if it set anything up, it never got to it. Um, in anything we read going forward, it's just a weird yeah. issue all around. Feels very strange. Um, I that agree. being said, I don't hate it. It's just not like, like, like I said, everything going forward, I hate. I don't really hate necessarily everything in this issue at all. It's just, it feels like totally different from what's about to happen and what happened previously because it's just a weird party and everybody's talking and then they just disappear. And I don't know. It's, it's just weird. It's just a weird issue. <clears throat> Definitely a weird one because, yeah, like you said, they don't really go with it anywhere um at least not in this these this batch of issues that we read i mean maybe in the future of the the other 
series they do, but as of right now, it didn't go anywhere. So yeah, for me that was just like, what the fuck are we doing with this? You know, mm-hmm. like I wasn't expecting an interlude because the other twelve issues didn't have one, but I guess it makes sense to have one here because it's longer. But I also feel like if you're gonna, like, why even have one? Like, why why even make it longer issues? Just like do keep doing the arcs, you know. But that's just my thoughts on it. I got you. Which, by the way, here we we start the Brave New World arc on this one. Which, this is weird because... Okay, issue number 22, we start the Brave New World arc, right? So, in, in a, we start off in, a, in Antarctica. Midnighter's old mask is found. And we got a team of super people walking around. One of them is complaining about the carrier. Or, you know, c- complaining about the carrier being good enough for the OG team. But they were ripped off as the president promised them. A state-of-the-art HQ on the moon, but they're forced to settle there. Um, then we flash back to the carrier one week earlier. As Jack is interviewed by some dude and talks about how their actions have saved thousands more lives. And he sent a stern warning to other aggressors because they, were, because they mean business. The interviewer then presses him about the doctor and how he's a drug addict who should be expelled after failing to save New York from the mega tsunami. Jack, of course, only cares about his work and also states his quick thinking is the only reason they were able to still come back from it. Elsewhere, Angie and Shen discuss baby Jenny and how Apollo and Midnighter were thinking of moving away after the adoption papers were through, but Angie then senses something weird with the radio telepathy. In the junction room, Apollo and Midnighter discuss some things they had to work on. Uh, as a pizza delivery girl looks for the doctor, but she gets but she blows up and you know, gets bigger and the Midnighter says she must be at least eight months pregnant, but she says she only had sex last night. And then this creature monster dude named Seth bursts out of her and smacks Apollo away while he tells Midnighter that he was the only way that this was the only way to sneak past the security features. And then he says, my mama named me Seth Angus, Billy Cletus, Bubba, Jamie, Clement, Callum Cowie. The $6 billion bastard. And Shen hears the doctor screaming as in pain as Seth takes him down. As takes him and her down. With Angie following right behind as she tries to warn Jack about the seven richest countries in the world. Send a genetically modified hillbilly uh, to get them. And uh, Seth reaches Jack and goes to find baby Jenny. But Midnighter takes her away and comes back in a fucking jet. Uh, and the other team prepares to send a message to the world to show them who's in charge again. Um, this is where I like things. I'm like, what the fuck is going on with this shit? This is this was like the start of it for me, where I'm like, what is happening? Um, yeah. Josh, yeah, Josh must have really liked this one. So let me tell you, look on his face right now. I got in voice chat with Majin, and I think Bigfoot joined when I was talking about this. I almost quit reading when I got to this issue. I hated it so much. I had almost messaged DT and was like, I don't know if I can keep reading this trash. I hated it so I hate the language that is used in this issue. I hate the character of Seth. That is a disgusting character. Uh, which is pretty consistent with the authority at this point, I guess. But I still just, yeah. I despise it. Um, I, I, 
did not like this issue at all but i stuck it out to try to finish and i did i did finish all the comics obviously i did not message dt was like i can't continue with this or anything like that yeah. uh but this issue almost made me quit like i found it just i hated it so much like they will they will censor the word fucker but won't censor some of those other words that i'm not gonna say uh on this sh on this show um that's actually uh, a good point. I didn't even think of that. They uh, they do use a lot of colorful language in these comics, and I didn't even it didn't even occur to me that they sometimes censor like fuck or whatever. But then they're like, here's all this other shit that we're here's these horrible about. slurs for people. Um, yeah, he's like he, <laughs> Seth uses like the f word, you know, the other one, not fuck, and mm -hmm. then uh, you know the one that the Brits use to call a cigarette, and you know you know, you know yeah. the one, yeah uh he uses that one and like a few other things and yeah it's uh seth is a is a is an interesting guy let me tell you man oh yeah what a what a character for them to make like the antagonist of this arc i feel like mm -hmm. and just but, a lot uh, of the stuff with that character yeah. make me feel like just it's just disgusting like and i'm not gonna be like clutching my pearls or nothing but it is like well i hear he's got a uh i think that's this issue where he, like the implication that he's like a super pedophile and all that in this fucking issue is just well, yeah, it, he's, it, it, the the, the yeah. pizza delivery girl he's like i don't normally you know mm -hmm. do this with like whatever the fuck he says but it was the only way for me to fucking you know get past your security uh features or whatever so yeah, 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 yeah and there's an implication of something in the white house as well um so yeah i almost quit this issue i have a lot of issues with what they chose to censor what they chose not to censor um uh and it's also like it's worse for, this is just an explanation of why i feel this way um more than like is it right or is it wrong it's uh i have to read it right like i read I'm more connected to a thing when I read it, even if I'm looking at it with pictures, right? Uh, versus like no. watching the boys on Amazon Prime and them saying something. Like, in, when I'm watching the boys, it's them saying something. I can separate myself from that. But when I'm reading something, I'm reading it in my head, and in a way, it's like me saying it. So I really don't like that. It made me feel gross. It made me want to not continue and not read it and i just I, I just almost quit this issue to be to be playing with it um i almost quit reading it like that's how much i do not, i really do not like this issue at all i don't even really like this arc at all um in any way so that's kind of like my issues with it like they're not my thoughts with this are not very positive like to be blunt i hear you i hear you all right well that's josh's thoughts yeah, for me, this is also the point where I'm like, what is, what is this? Like, what the hell is this character of Seth? Like, and then they just call him, and then he's just like, Seth? It's like, he doesn't even, I don't know, it was, it was very bizarre. Like, this was, this is the turning point for me where I'm like, I wasn't really feeling like some of that stuff was strong either, but this is the point where I'm like, okay. That's, we're, we're going bizarro territory here. Um, but then, so this, this issue started an arc, but then the one after this starts a new arc too. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? Cause the one before that said one of four, but then the issue number 23 is like transfer of power issue one of four. And I'm like, wait, 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 what? But we start a brand new arc in the next issue. So we're with the new, which makes sense. Cause I guess, cause we're with the new authority team 
They find the Southeast Asian refugees inside the carrier from earlier. While the carrier is spinning through Respace, a realm that has to do it all over again. The Colonel, which is one of the new members of the team, is not impressed with speed as the rest of the team finds a bunch of other dead refugees from the crash. They deliberate on what to do with the bodies, but end up sending them to the junction room and ejecting them. Uh, they toast over their secret atrocity and watch their show Powers That Be, uh, which has kind of the o- features some of the OG team. Um, and we find out the names of the new authority uh, that have been installed by Western Powers as puppets. Um, so we have Rush, The Street, The Machine, The Surgeon, uh, Last Call, Tutan, or Tutan, and uh, The Colonel. Uh, Suzette, a.k.a. Rush, then gets a call from the undersecretary from the U.S. State Department asking if they knew about the refugees. Then, to end the issue, we have the White House in D.C. getting blasted, and everybody's wondering what the hell happened, looking around for the president. But he tells them to call the authority. So this is kind of where they... This is also where I'm like, all right, I don't like this anymore because we have this whole brand new team. They've they've pretty much replaced the old team, and I'm like, these people are terrible, and I don't give a fuck about these new characters. It's mm-hmm. kind of my thoughts on this new issue and this new arc and where we were in the story at this point. But how do you feel about it? I feel the same as you. Like, I'm supposed to, this is, and it's such a, like, we're, we're chilling with the, uh, the other authority, and now we have to deal with, and the moment I see that, that it's an arc that I'm going to have to put up with these fucking replacements that I do not like, I'm going to have to put up with them for multiple issues. All the way to the end. Um, so... Yeah, did not like it. I, I, I'm the same as you. I, like I've said previously, anything going forward from issue 22 on, I just despise. Um, for the most part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, we can move on to the next issue, which is uh, number 24. The establishment debuts. The pray, uh, they pray as the new higher authority. Uh, where the colonel from the from the UK, the machine from Japan, the street from the US, Rush from Canada, the surgeon from France, Tutan Tutan is or from Germany, and last call from Italy. Uh, as their bullshit is being filmed, once the cameras go off, they want people to be. Con- they say they want people to be convinced they're a faith-based organization, but not like the old one. Uh, Manhattan. Washington, D.C., Monaco, Somalia are all places we go to next. In Southeast Asia, Kriegman is salty about giving the U.S. 50 years of imagination, creating a whole universe of superheroes, and he gets repaid by, his, by them holding his drawings hostage and using them to create cheap knockoff, the cheap knockoff new authority. Uh, he himself, however, has dreamed up what he calls weirdies. Uh, Beverly Hills... Over in Beverly Hills, Last Call keeps calling Tutan and to uh, telling Tutan to control himself in public and quit crying, where people will get the wrong idea about them, and he doesn't want to be confused as queers like Apollo and Midnighter. Uh, then Tutan requests assistance as an air attack brings down a firestorm there, uh, and they say space Asians on the carrier. 
Machine says those warplanes are from Respace, the realm where they deposited the refugees. And then we find out that all those refugees are back for revenge. Um, so yeah, another issue where we have to deal with this, uh, this team and yeah, I'm just like, I don't give a shit about these guys. I hope the fucking, I hope these invaders from Respace fuck them up. You know, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I don't give a shit about these guys. Um, nothing really positive to say about it. We see the return of the doctor. Uh, which it's like, hey, they didn't forget that this guy got recruited, I guess. So, uh, yeah, Kriegman. Krieg, Krieg, yeah. Um, because like before they recruit him, and then you don't even, I think he's mentioned one time after that, uh, again. So, uh, yeah. Not a lot to say on it. All right. Yeah, I just this this arc right here is just like I don't this sucks, dude, because I just don't care about this team, you know. But in issue number twenty-five in Beverly Hills, uh there's napalm everywhere. Machine tells the colonel that last call has vanished from the radio uh telepathic link. CIA satellites located a new Colombian rebel stronghold. Teuton opens a massive door to it as he attempts to keep the f- warship's fireworks aimed at the rebels below. Over on the carrier, the machine fills in the rest of the team into what happened with the Respace invaders. The colonel storms off after bitching to his team about their failure. Over in Respace, the people enjoy their new life and say the horror of Earth life is behind them. They imagine their second chance, and Respace makes it true. Uh, The real authority believed uh, in a future like this for everyone. Uh, We also get the reveal of them taking out their masters. From Washington to Paris to London to Tokyo, and they imagine their treasures is theirs, uh, and to feed their bodies and and firebomb the bastards to feed their souls. Uh, <laughs> the main dude tells or messes with Last Call, and tells him that he will be like the Midnighter in every way, including orientation. Back on the carrier, the Colonel's quarters, Champlain action. He man of the cloth arrives to read him his rights, but he makes his way through. The burden of leading the world while its honest leaders are on its disabled list troubles him, and the street can also see this. Uh, back in respace, the new authority arrive, and the colonel wants to level it. Uh, the main dude from from respace dreams them away and brings back brings back the OG team. They return, and Jenny asks, "What have we missed?" Which at this point I was like, oh, thank fuck, right? We're we're done with this OG team, or or we're done with the with this with this rip off cheap replacements. We got the OG team back, but I was like, wait a minute, Jenny's back. I was like, hmm, it's a little it's a little sus, but I was just glad that honestly that the the new team was gone at this point is what I remember thinking. Yeah. And I was, and I really like their whole respace kind of like you know way they went about all that stuff. The we'll imagination the and, well. and, and power, yeah. and that, yeah, that is kind of cool. I do agree. That is uh, what I liked about that. But for the most part, yeah, another issue where I'm like, eh, this is this is shit. 
about you don't like this don't you don't me. like this old team this new team bt well get ready buddy because they ain't going anyway <laughs> this next issue <laughs> yeah you ready to move on to the next one yeah let's go <laughs> so issue number 26 back in respace the main dude called din welcomes them or dina or i don't know d-i-n-h I'm going to call him Din. Din welcomes him back and tells him about the realm and how it was one of the second, how it is one of second chances where unlike the, on Mother Earth where they were called third worlders, here they come first, which I, I, I kind of, I like that line there. That was pretty cool. In their gratitude, he brought them back using the crude fabric of their unworthy replacements and offers them another gift, a wish to change the world. Uh, while they're all trying to decide what their wish is, Jenny Sparks knows what it is. Uh, she tells Din, or Din tells her to touch the lamp and dream. And we go back to Earth as we see her wish fulfilled, which is total disarmament. Every weapon since the Gatling gun, all the neutron bombs and Uzis and sardine gas grenades, helicopters and gunships gone forever. The team rejoices, but Midnighter's head starts popping open. And we see that it ain't actually him as he pops in and tells him that he likes girls because it's your boy last call and he didn't go nowhere. The new authority is back again as they door out of there in the carrier. The machine scans an immense discharge of unidentified energy over earth. As the Colonel comes back on board, he congratulates last call over his, as he says, his homophobia, saving the world. There's a summon to go to Arlington as the old man himself insists on a, upon a report. The colonel requests Champlain action up to his room. Uh, the, Champlain, uh, the Champlain says he's going with him uh, for the report. In the office of the old man in Arlington, they tell him their truth. And after in Yankee Stadium, the old man tells Colonel about Creekstein's plan to send his super assassins to destroy him and how they want more oil from alaska but the environmentalists are getting in the way and that's basically how this issue ends uh which is and how that arc ends which honestly yeah what a what a shit ass fucking arc dude i did not like this arc at all Mm-mm. now that i just yeah this team sucks man they're, and they're terrible people. So why, you know, it's like I don't, you know. So I just, I, still, I, I didn't. I don't get the point. Like, what's the point of any of it? Like, I, I whatever. I don't, I don't like it either. And I don't like the new team. And they are terrible people. And they only get worse. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, hey, I'm also a racist, by the way. Yeah. And and a homophobe, you know. Uh, but yeah, I, we can move on to the next issue whenever you're ready. Uh. So clearly Josh loved it because he had very little to say about it. Oh, uh, let me tell you, thrilled. <laughs> uh, how many times did I say I hate something? You know? <laughs> I just don't want to harp on yeah. it. That's all. Uh, because like, it's a, it's an interesting conundrum, DT, because we're, you and me both are like, we just don't talk about the things we don't, like usually we usually just talk about the things we like well what do you do when you're posed with the i hate everything about this and 
we read it, so we need to talk about it version, yeah. you know? Like, it's the first time I've ever really had this conundrum on the show. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we can continue on. <laughs> oh. All right. So then from here, we go back to the return of the Brain, Brave New World arc, which we had already read one previous issue for, but then we got the last three to get through here. So this is the final arc of, the, of this, you know, la these last few issues. So the authority number 27, we start off in Qatar. Uh, they continue to fight and reintroduce the team for some reason. I thought that was weird that we had already been introduced to the team, but then they're like, here they are again. Uh, but they fight a lot of people that were sent back in time. Uh, in the carrier, the new authority discusses how the world just accepted the lies they told about the OG team. Over in the map room, apparently, when Seth ripped the carrier out of orbit, it caused some kind of hemorrhage in the bleed, and every reality known to man is heading to their direction over the coming weeks and months. Apollo is being used as a punching bag uh, by last call as Teuton looks on. Apollo asks why kill the rest of the team and keep him alive, but last call says they aren't because people who are pissed weren't going to be satisfied by a mere bullet in their heads. Apollo asks if Midnighter is alive, but last call says he was the one who, he was the one who didn't make it. Swift settles down. Now she settles down and says she doesn't miss the stupid decisions that they used to take. They used to make, but she does miss the friends who crashed the carrier over at Antarctica. Thank heavens this new authority has been vetted and sanctioned <laughs> by their individual nations, uh, nation states. And her, her, uh, her man that she settled with thanks the mind-controlled guys for their wonderful job of dehumanizing her. Uh, the doctor's spiritual nirvana has been invaded and uh, opened up to building contractors and fast food multinationals. While, meanwhile, with the engineer, she's all wired up and hooked up on a hospital bed. And the machine tells her they swapped nine pints of her blood supply with eight of that from a heroin addict. And then the one dude says Hep B is a, uh, is a Caribbean cruise next to the mindfuck they're going to do to her next. And Jack Hawksmore is begging in the streets, all dumbed down as well. Uh, Seth says the people messing and laughing at them have the best job in the world. And he regrets not finding the Midnighter with him being the most dangerous one alive at the moment. Um, as we pan over to the last hope in the sewers, like a Ninja Turtle, the Midnighter and Baby Jenny gear up as he proclaims, you, you boys just pissed off the wrong bastards. So heading back to this arc again, we see how they've fucked over the OG team and the only ones that are still out there to kind of bring us back to where we were is Baby Jenny and the, and the Midnighter, Josh. So at this point, what were you thinking? Being like, wow, this is, this is where we're at. And we got the Midnighter and the Baby kind of being the last hope of this of the team, you know? When we got to the last panel, all I could think is, thank fucking God. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Like, actually getting somewhere now. A little bit. and But yeah, I don't like the... Uh... Hey, remember those heroes that maybe you sort of liked previously? We're just going to torture the shit out of them uh, for an issue. Enjoy that. 
as we uh, brainwash you into being a slave uh, for this dude. For both, both of the women uh, uh, of Angie and, yeah. and uh, Shin. Uh, yeah. Yeah, hate, hate it. Hate it. Uh, but yeah, about the only positive thing is like when Midnighter's putting his glove on, it's like you just pissed off the wrong, the wrong dude. I'm just like, oh, thank God, this is gonna be over soon. Which was awesome. I thought every time I I saw how many issues were left, thank God, this is gonna be over soon. Uh, yeah, it's like we're we're on the last couple issues here. Um, so let's go ahead and con- continue on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number issue number twenty eight. In the doctor's domain, the surgeon explains how religion has been the biggest divider amongst the people and how diversity is the mother of alienation and conflict. He tells the people visiting him about the potential of exploitation and development there and and introduces them to one of their first experiments, the world's first mimetically engineered all-purpose pop god, Religimon. And they'll erase... All memory of old gods, and there'll be no more wars, conflicts, etc. In the carrier, Rush attempts to fly through it, flies to fly it through some celestial sewage system. Uh, the colonel tries to get with Rush, and when she doesn't, and when she says she doesn't do dudes, he says, "Well, she just hasn't been wine and dined by the right kind of bloke," mm. and literally throws a fucking football in her face. Uh, the surgeon interrupts him and says he'll be needed for a moment. The colonel wants him to call the president to get Seth up there because the Midnighter is back in. Uh, over in the carrier's engine room, Midnighter and Jenny f- uh, fool machine while she has a little digital nervousness. Teuton beats up Apollo and tells him how he wanted to be more than the team with last call like he was with Midnighter. Uh, the man himself then comes in and pops Teuton in the back of the dome. Uh, they launch the street outside as the colonel talks about how big of a racist he is to the surgeon, Rush, and the machine. They also talk about how Midnighter, not, uh, not knowing that he's actually there listening in on them, Seth arrives as well and tells him not to worry about Midnighter. He and Apollo then enact their plan as the fight begins. Uh, then the final kind of section here of the, uh, of the issue is New York at the unofficial G7 summit. Uh, they discuss Seth and how powerful he is and how, you know, they have like a fail safe to, you know, take him down. Cause you know, they're not going to make a being that powerful without being able to take him down. Uh, as uh, Swift is listening in on all this, but back on the carrier, Seth's taken Jenny and mortally kind of wounded Midnighter. It seems like. Uh, Apollo is pissed and ready to go, but that's the end of that issue. Um, so yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're removing all religion, Josh, and all the old gods, and we're just going to pray to Religimon now, right? Oh my God. That's uh, so, so stupid. Everything you knew before, cause we're, we're, we're in, we're in new territory now. <laughs> that's so stupid. Yeah. So this kind of sets up the final issue here with, uh, you know, Swift being kind of, we don't really know it at the time, but she's there and she uh, kind of is free of the, of the, the curse, so to speak. Um, as she listens in on how they're talking about Seth. So she kind of knows how to take him out now. 
uh, with this keyword that they have or fail safe phrase. Uh, but yeah. Only good part about that issue is watching all the fake authority get their asses kicked uh, by Midnighter. Now we move on to the last issue, which is number twenty-nine, the final episode of the Return of the or the of the uh, Brave New World arc, and the final issue of this uh, kind of the nineteen ninety-nine uh, the Authority comics. So let's do it. So Shen finds Angie in bed with her abuser and tells her that the implants in their heads aren't working anymore because. Uh, the machine is ain't either. Um, she also heard about the cell safe, which I mentioned uh, just before this. Uh, dude tells her that they'll be on her so fast, but she pulls up the heads of the television mogul and the software billionaire. Uh, she then takes Angie out of there and says they need to go get Jack back as well. Over on the carrier, Seth, Seth tells Apollo the hole in the bleed is going to give them a more agonizing death than anything he could dream up. Apollo then doors himself and Seth out of uh, the baby in Midnighter's Reach and into the Arctic Circle. In the Garden of Ancestral Memory, things have reverted, reverted back to normal and the Doctor has his gifts returned. Uh, as we go uh, once again back to the Arctic where Seth is, it looks like he's like kind of pleading to Apollo and Apollo doesn't give a fuck and just starts wrecking his shit. But, but then Seth gets back up no problem and says that he's been messing with him. He says, I got more superpowers in here that you don't even have names for. In the junction room, Angie, Shen, and Jack make it back. Uh, and Angie's a little disappointed she couldn't get revenge on the machine. Because they had, you know, she had already been taken care of before that. Jack tells them the carrier counts seven corpses and a couple of heartbeats, but one of them is barely hanging on as they find Midnighter and Baby Jenny. The Midnighter reestablishes all points of radio telepathic contact with every member of the team, and attempting to save Midnighter uh, as well. Swift contacts Apollo, wondering why he's unaccounted for, but then Seth responds, like, acting or pretending to be him, saying he's caught up in the fight with, with Seth in the North Pole and asks if there's any, actual, if there's any way to actually kill him. Swift then talks about the code and wants to, uh, you know, tell everybody that we have this code to disable him and she wants everyone to use it the second they see him. But he literally doors his way onto the carrier uh, with them and then just throw in Apollo as he enters. Um, he then starts listing all the things he's doing to each team member and the vast amount of powers that he's got while he's doing this. Uh, Seth is beating Jack. Jenny walks in and utters the phrase to disable Seth. Uh, which I thought that was crazy. They got the baby to come in and do that. And it's like, you talk now? Like, what the hell? Uh, but then they take Seth back to his farm and turn him into a chicken. Uh, back on the carrier, uh, Midnighter's vitals are crashing down. The doctor says he's got four, maybe five areas to work on if he's even got a chance but he also can't do this and take care of the situation outside too. Jack asks what's going on. They tell him about the bleed. 
uh, unless we cauterize the wound, every parallel universe in ex- or every parallel world in existence is gonna uh, breach the dimension in less than forty-two hours. Jack says they should do nothing as humanity got themselves into this mess, and it's important that they deal with their consequences. It'll also help them appreciate what they go through every second of the day. He wants to focus on Midnighter and save and have the geniuses who created Seth a chance to see what they're really made of. Uh, he says the only way to save mankind right now is by letting them save themselves for a change. And over we see, and then we like kind of pan to a bunch of cities: Sydney, you know, the Taj Mahal in India, Paris, Washington, London, Moscow, and Tokyo. They're all celebrating, and the U.S. president is talking about not having to be at the mercy of some clown in a mask who likes wearing his panties over his tighties. But then the Midnighter barges in. <laughs> And he's like, shut up and hail to the chief and gives the president a symbolic gesture. Uh, and as we close out the issue with the arc and this run on the carrier, the wedding of Apollo and Midnighter is underway. And they say that they've changed things forever now and there's no going back as we end this run, Josh. So we finally have reached the end. Um, last final thoughts on this issue and this arc and just this whole run in general now that we're now that we finally reached the the end the conclusion of it yeah um like i said previously wasn't a uh for the arc it's like everything is kind of back to the way it was before um uh and Man, as a whole, the authority, and I'm including the first 12 issues, it's like, yeah, it is yeah. a... That's what I mean, the whole, the whole run. The yeah. whole thing first together. And these, yeah. yeah. So the whole thing together, it's like, for me, personally, this is me, obviously, it's like, it was a slow start, was a good climb, got to a, a peak, and then it just fucking nosedived. Like, for, it just got considerably... It never got any better than when we were... Than when I was like, I was kind of liking those last issues. And then we start with these these next like the second half right that we're talking about right now, and I just was not having a good time. Uh, you know, I the writing I was got worse, the art got worse. Like it was just all around like. Whereas before, I, it took me a little bit to warm up to it. It took nothing for me to fucking hate it, which is what I did by the end of it. Uh, which was I did not have a good time with it at all really. Josh is like i'm straight up not having a good time and then, right now. Uh, yeah it's true it's true and it's like well it's like what do you say it's like well i'm glad it's over i guess yeah. <laughs> um uh i mean, i i i'm glad we read it because it's a uh, they're gonna take i find the characters interesting like i find the characters of the authority you know jack and jenny and and the doctor and apollo and midnighter and shin and uh uh the robot lady whose name escapes me right now because i'm having a brain for it but uh in- the engineer engineer Angie, right yeah. i want to say the machine but the machine is her knockoff the japanese um, the other one yeah yeah uh uh like if james gunn takes the characters and ignores everything else i'm okay with that i don't think he's going to do that i think he's gonna uh pick and choose some of the the edgier parts and and just kind of refine them i guess and to i honestly i see why he i see why he likes it 
I don't know what they're going to yeah. do with it, to be honest. But uh, at least it, it just might end up might being a thing that's not for me. Um, like uh, a good chunk of this comic series is not for me. Um, uh, this was also written at a different time, right? Like, there was a lot of things going on. Like they were using words that were pretty common in those days, I guess. Uh, 1999 early early 2000s i think this this batch of issues was like 2001 or something like that um yeah yeah something like that uh so yeah i mean i guess we'll see what they do with it i i I guess i'm glad i i don't hate that we read it i just hated the second half of it um uh so yeah overall disappointed i guess would kind of sum it up for me you know this is it's so interesting because i remember like before we started reading the second half of episodes josh was telling me oh no i'm actually i'm actually i want to read more of the authority <laughs> i want to get back into it and now it's mm. like here we are man yeah uh what a change yeah, huh? that's yeah but hey man you well, listen we're not gonna like everything you know and well that's, that's the thing i think maybe that might be why is. i'm so disappointed about it is like it had won me over right like it had won me, I had warmed up to it. It had won me over. I kind of liked where it had ended, and I'm like, well, it can surely it'll continue. So wrong, never been so wrong. I was wrong to be excited about it. I was wrong to be, you know, I was wrong. I was just wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ugh. I'm disappointed. Uh, how about you, yeah. sir? I do. <laughs> I do think it's interesting that we finally got to like cover something on the podcast that we didn't really vibe with as much, you know, because mm. for the most part, everything we do like or everything we have kind of gone over, we we've liked for the most part. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, here we have something that we didn't really mess with. So I'm like, that's interesting. You know, you're talking about not wanting to like, you know, hate on something or talk about something. But hey, man, if you're not feeling it, like, you, you know, Talk yeah. about what you don't like and 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 all that stuff because you know that that's the whole reason we're here you know is just to share our thoughts and you know we 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 cover this particular thing that you know is going to be adapted in the future and you know we wanted to kind of get a jump on it and 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 like you know read it and for ourselves and now that we have we kind of have an idea of the characters and and maybe some of the stories that they're going to be telling in some ways with with that. Um, so it's really interesting, yeah. So yeah, I, I would say it's very much a mixed bag for me this uh this run. Um, there are things I like, there are things I don't like. And I think the characters are are I think if yeah, if you take the characters and kind of like pick and choose some of the 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 arcs in this or, or you know, some of the, the storytelling aspects of it, it could be pretty pretty good, pretty interesting. But it just depends on how they do it, you know. It's like we're we're still I don't know, several years away, maybe from hearing or seeing anything about this. So we'll never know, but we've read the comics and now if anybody asks, asks us about them, about this, or, you know, we, we, we hear more information about, you know, the, what's to come with the movie. Then we kind of know what to, you know, yeah, what we're talking about a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. so that's always good as well. So yeah, overall, just very mixed for me. Uh, definitely preferred the first half of, or the first uh, 
you know, 12 issues other than, you know, more than this set of issues. But, uh, hey, man, not everything's going to be a win. And uh, you just got to, that's the beauty of it, though, man. You got to fight. You got to experience it on your own, dude. Like, read it, watch it, whatever on your own, you know? Like, don't don't just go off other what other people tell you. Like, just check it out for yourself because um, there's, a lot, there's a lot to experience out there. And even if you don't like it at the end of the day, at least you can say that you've seen it or that you've read it or you listen to it or whatever, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, we'll definitely be doing more, more comics in the future. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't think we're going to be doing as, as long of runs as this. We'll probably do like shorter runs in the future. Uh, just, you know, just so we can uh, be on on the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just so we don't have to like do too much, you know, in in, yeah. in one in one kind of set because there was a lot of issues to read this this run around, and I didn't realize that there was uh that many. But hey, it is what it is. We got through it. But yeah, we're definitely gonna choose smaller runs. Like I have some in, I have some in mind already that I want to do. Um, so. You know, keep an eye out. We'll definitely do more comics uh, in the future. But Josh, I think that'll do it for today, man. Yeah, I think that'll yeah, do it for today's episode. And yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know. Any any other closing things you want to say about this or no? Nope, nope. It's uh, I'm glad we have the information. <laughs> I say I'm glad I have the. I'm glad we have the information tucked away in our heads for like. Because it's going to be interesting when the authority gets made into like what it gets made into in the future, and we can actually kind of talk about it, having read at least these comics about it, and uh, can either warn people away from the comics or be like, "Hey, just read those first twelve, and don't worry about anything else after that," you know, or whatever. You know, we could kind of give a little bit of advice on it. Um, uh, while I did not have necessarily the best time. Reading it, I I am still glad we did it. I you know I still am glad I finished it. Um, uh, even if it's uh was a little bit of a rougher time at the end, you know I, I don't like to leave things unfinished if I can help it. Um, yeah, I'm kind of the same. Like I want to, like if we start something, I want to finish it, even if you're not feeling it. It's like, well, we gotta at least see this through, and then then you know for sure if it's for yeah, you, or not, you know. Uh, there are some yeah. things I will make exceptions to that rule on, but uh, I did uh, I, I did finish this one, so um, yeah, uh, nothing else to say on the authority. Uh, I think that's gonna do it. I'm gonna go ahead and throw you throw it over to UDT for your shout outs because I'm um, uh, I need to go get food and stuff and kind of get ready for uh, the rest of the, the evening. So I'm gonna throw it to you, bud. You're up. Thank you guys for joining us on the second part of our The Authority um, kind of review and, and sharing our thoughts on the second half of, of comics. Uh, this is the part two, so you can go check out part one, which we definitely enjoyed more. Um, but hey, like I said, they can't all be winners, right? Um, but at least now we know. But yeah, coming up for me, I have. Uh, some games that I'm gonna be playing on stream. Tell me why. Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, some more demos from Summer Game Fest. 
as well as Diablo 4. So stay tuned. All that's going to be happening here then in the next week. And then, well, some of that's going to be happening in the next week. And then, uh, yeah, go follow me on all the things you see on the sidebar here. And we will see you guys next week with the final episode or the final podcast of the month, which is going to be a retro rewind. And you guys want to know what movie it's going to be? Because it's my choice. I'll tell you right now. So if you, so if you guys want to rewatch it, if you've seen it already, and come back and join us next week, it's going to be Flash Gordon from 1980. So go rewatch that or go watch it for the first time if you've never seen it. And then we're going to talk about it next week for our retro episode of the month. Um, so I will see you guys later. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening and watching. Bye-bye. Peace out, everyone. See ya. All right. Thank you guys for watching the show. Um, I hope I wasn't too negative that I scared you guys away. Um, uh, but I've just given my opinion on things. And the, that is the, the thing I'm going to finish with is like, uh, ultimately, if you like the authority and I don't, just my opinion, man. Um, uh, coming up for me, uh, I don't know exactly what we're going to do the next couple days. Like I said, finish Horizon Zero Dawn, but uh, maybe check out some of these demos from the, the Steam uh, Next Fest stuff. So we'll see. But we have Final Fantasy 16 on, I believe... Thursday. Let me double check that. Um Yes, June 22nd. So Thursday we will be starting that. I've already played the demo, which means I've already done the first part of the game uh cuz that data I am just going to carry it over. If you haven't seen that, it is up on the Twitch in its own little uh collection and it is also on my YouTube. So go check that out over uh at the YouTube, uh, which all the links for are here on the side. I'm Josh Nano too. I'm one of the hosts of the show. Thank you all for watching. Uh, I also run a dice shop, 902 Dice Creations. Uh, currently having a sale. Go check out some of the stuff on the shop right now. I'm working on some dice as we speak as well. That will get put up on there uh, fairly uh, soon. And uh, that's going to do it here for today. So you all have a nice day. Uh, a good rest of your week. Hopefully we'll see you in some streams. And we will catch you on... The next one for Flash Gordon. Uh, take it easy. Goodbye. And bye-bye. That is not the right button. That is also not the right button. I'm hitting all the wrong buttons.